0: Future, your host. I invite you to join me as together we experience a future quake. Oh, there are
1: new dreams crowding old realities. There's revolution sweeping like a fresh new breeze. Let the old world make the heat. Find it and The shape of things Nothing
0: can change the shape of things to Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future.
2: And I am Tom. Um, feeling rather good about this nice surprise bionic.
0: Okay. And giving away a surprise in the meantime. Because this is a surprise week. It is. Um, we have a very uh, impromptu... Uh, Show that mm-hmm. we've done here, uh, as happens on extremely rare occasion, Uh we'll have a, a circumstance with a with a primary guest that we have that doesn't work out, but it afforded us a wonderful opportunity to have a guest we've wanted to have for some time on our show, mm-hmm. and that is uh, Brother Chris White. Who was the host of the Nowhere to Run radio program and also uh, the Frank and Chris show, both uh, broadcast online mm-hmm. to many tens of thousands of regular listeners, mm-hmm. and uh, he's become a, a very good friend of ours in a very short time, mm-hmm. and uh, we've been wanting him on our show. It was on our list, and we did basically a a no preparation show, calling him up at the last minute. Mm-hmm. And it turned out to be a very wonderful discourse. I enjoyed I enjoyed
2: the heck out of it. I'll be honest, I am sort of in awe of a gentleman of, of all the stuff that he's done and he's doing mm-hmm. and his sort of journey to faith. I identify with a lot of it, but I feel like you know, he's got this different area which has turned into right. like his own private apologetics ministry leading
0: people to the Lord and I just mm-hmm. you know well reason we, for what he's doing we need to go to that inter- to that interview the first segment because we don't have much time today we'll have a little more time tomorrow but no further ado here's brother chris white of the nowhere to run radio program and then we'll be right back to wrap it up here on future quake welcome to the future quake show i am dr future
2: and tom i am certainly good at thinking on my feet but not really sure what to make of the next 90 minutes uh, bionic
0: yeah, that definitely is in the top five of long mental names uh, here on Future just Quake. Trying to
2: vamp. Just trying to vamp.
0: Yeah, you always give like sneak previews of Future Quake just you know, in your middle name. People will
2: notice. People, people are I- – I'm doing it for a reason. It's, it's like, like foreshadowing. It's like prophecy. Have you not read you know, mm-hmm. Faulkner? Have you not read <laughs> – you know? Okay.
0: You know, we have all to introduce our guest here.
2: Oh, yeah, that, that guy.
0: <laughs> tonight is a vast experiment, Futurians. This is something where you're going to see – Three seasoned professionals of the radio empire, thinking on their feet. A completely, this is completely unplanned, uh, unscripted uh, radio with three giants of the underground Christian media. Uh, Tom you and I. Mean,
2: you mean like giant, like calorically?
0: Well, no, 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 no. Not, not in girth, but in our impact on society. And by the three, I don't mean uh, Tom, Doc, and Pyro. I'm talking about. Uh, adding our good friend here uh, mm-hmm. from the Nowhere to One radio show, brother Chris White, who's now a guest on Future Quake. Chris, it's wonderful to have you with us, brother.
3: Hey, it's great to be here. I've been uh, listening to Future Quake for oh, I don't know, probably be- better part of two years. I always, always would run into you guys uh, doing research on guests and other topics and stuff. Wow. so it's a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, going down uh, down creepy corners, <laughs> creepy and murky corners. You should get out more. <laughs> That's what
3: it is. You know, that's what it it felt like, uh, especially like right there at the beginning was, was, you know, creeping around and and finding things that, like, you know, it was was really amazing to me to even find people that were talking about the same kinds of things. So Mm -hmm. it was uh, something
2: noticeable right there from the beginning. Well, we'll take that as a compliment. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, I tell you what, we have seen your name uh, since we've been doing this pop up everywhere Mm -hmm. and people always say well hey do you know Chris White or have you been watching his stuff or this or that or and in fact it really came to a head when uh, we were introduced to Pastor Russ Dizdar uh, a few months ago and happened to catch the uh, really neat uh, trailer that you did for uh, his uh, book uh, production uh, on the Black Awakening but one thing led to another and uh, I know a lot of our listeners out there now are some of our newest listeners are people who have come on board from the Revelations Radio Network uh, that you were instrumental in in getting us involved in. And this is going to lead to uh, the whole nexus of our discussion about the growth and rise in independent underground Christian media and the impact it's having on society. And we're going to speak from the heart because this is completely unscripted, and uh, we're just going to see where the Lord leads us in this discussion. But to start things off, uh, for our Futurian listeners that have been with us over the years that may not be that familiar with you, Brother Chris, could you tell just very briefly a little bit about your background, at least what you want to share, and uh, how it led to you deciding to uh, start your own radio show?
3: Okay. Uh, Well, I guess... In a lot of ways, I don't think there's really anything particularly special about what I am or where I've come from or whatever. It's, it's a story not unlike probably a lot of people out there that are just looking for the truth. I've always been interested in things, you know, the these kinds of things, and just I don't I don't know if I was skeptical or or what what you would call it, but um, but it just kind of led to where it led, it's led a lot of people. I think the only thing that um, maybe I had the benefit of early on was it happening a little bit sooner than what's happening right now. Like I was, it's about a, about 10 years ago as I really started looking into a lot of different, I guess you could call them conspiracies. And, and then I, I got hoodwinked. I got into a lot of things like um, Zacharias Sitchin and David Icke and things like right. that. Uh-huh. Right. And, and I was pretty well deceived there for a while. But uh, in that I found out uh, something pretty interesting. I found out that they were, they were lying um and and i sat on that for a while and uh then very recently um you know i became i was in a band and um traveled all over the place for the better part of uh the last 12 years or something like that probably really touring the last six years i've slow slowed down a little bit i feel like i'm getting all nervous here with our impromptu discussion but
0: uh, yeah we put you on the spot here yeah man. let's <laughs> this is for i feel like we should practice
2: tap- this just for the uh listeners out there we kind of had some uh some problems beyond our control with the guests that we had and uh, we called up chris knowing that if there was one guy that could think on his feet and was just uh, a monster of the uh, impromptu interview we said how about chris white
0: that's exactly right it was mm-hmm. somebody who we knew would be mr clutch that could come through yeah that is a well, master silver me tongue me. with the microphone
2: you're kind of like the sammy
0: sosa of radio
3: I don't have a lot of experience talking about myself and trying to uh, trying to make it sound all that interesting, but I'll give it a, I'll give it a shot. Uh, but <laughs> it, 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 anyway, that was just that's kind of where where that was. But the, the really interesting stuff happened um, about two about three years ago. Um, I would quit drinking, and that's and I was a pretty severe alcoholic for a long time. Uh, and I know I'm I'm only 29. I'll be 30 here very shortly, but. I was pretty severe alcoholic when I quit drinking now I probably probably would have considered myself a christian um for a lot of that time and um I remember praying you know to uh stop drinking and things like that and i eventually I did quit drinking drinking now uh, just kind of cold turkey thing but at after that moment, I started really being um driven to um be productive and i mean I was a great deal more productive just in the just for not having uh been been a drunk but about a, about a year after that I I, re- I remember praying one time uh to really show me who Jesus was and and why it mattered and that prayer uh is something God apparently listened to because it really it really affected my life and took me to a place where I felt like I was I was a real Christian I was on fire for the Lord and and I would have said that that's what it was all about um but then pretty recently about uh, maybe a little about a, about a year or so ago, um, I was really convicted to be baptized, and I, I had been baptized when I was, you know, young on, on my own, like, but it was like in a Methodist church, kind of a sprinkled thing. And I don't know, you know, I'm not, don't want I don't know about a big theological de- debate or whatever, but I, all I can tell you is that when I was baptized, I found a house church, um, and they baptized me and laid hands on me and prayed for me and things like that. And I'll tell you, after that, I was, my Holy Spirit dial was turned up a few notches and I just was just uh, anxious to uh you know, as Russ Dizdar you mentioned uh, points out everybody in the in the New Testament that had that had been uh, given the Holy Spirit, the immediate thing that they always had was the desire to go tell people about Jesus. You know, and I think just a... that's go ahead. that's just it. I mean that's all that's that's what it's what it's about and that's the only reason I'm, and I do what I do, that's pro- probably it.
2: Mm. The end. You know, that was kind of the same, I kind of had the same experience when I was, uh, my story's a little bit similar to yours in that, you know, I came relatively late compared to guys like Dr. Future, you know, to the Lord, uh, and, you know, I I remember going to my, uh, to one day, look, I'm just going to go get baptized, and so I talked to a friend of mine, I was in a band as well, and I talked, the The guitar player in that band was actually a, uh, he had been a, a Calvary Chapel pastor for, I don't know, about 10 years, and I said, look, I want to get baptized, but, you know, the church that I was going to, which was a Presbyterian church at the time, uh, like they want me to go through a class and all this stuff, and uh, I told him, you know, I, he said, well, go to a Baptist church. It doesn't matter, you know, unless you're, you know, don't go to Mormons or anything, but, you know, between Baptist Presbyterians and, the, you know, these, you know, Calvary Chapel, just go and get baptized. You know, you know enough about this stuff. You, you know, so I've, I opened the phone book and found the first Baptist church, and went there and uh, walked in the front door and said, I want to get baptized. And it turned out it, I ended up talking to the, uh, the head pastor who baptized me the next week. And uh, when that happened, it was, it was funny. My parents didn't know I was a Christian at the time. And I walked into the front door of their house and said, so I'm going to get baptized next week. Just thought you guys should know. And they both looked at each other for like 30 seconds and said, "Uh, okay. And uh, I told them where I was going to get baptized, and so then they ended up showing up and all that stuff. But Ellen, I had the same experience that you had. You know, after being baptized, it was like flipping an on switch or, you know, turning the dial up. You know, the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit dial goes to 11 when you get baptized. Huh. And, yeah. Uh,
3: you know, that, that's I heard this described that way, and I, I think it's a really good – because you get into all these kinds of things where people say – well, you know, you're not, um, you know, until you get baptized and you get all these kind of legalist things or whatever. But mm-hmm. the, the issue that I notice is that, I mean, I, I definitely, without a doubt, had the Holy Spirit. I had a desire to tell everybody uh, about Jesus things before that. I was really, you know, prayed all the time. I was very much committed to the Lord.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: However, uh, you know, it was just a, a knob. And, and one guy said it best, I think, when he said, "The, you know, the Holy Spirit is its... Uh, not it's a dial, not a switch. And if you're saved, you're automatically not on zero. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. And I and I I think that that really helped me understand, and it's really helped me try to explain it to other people mm-hmm. a lot better too.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, brother Chris, uh, you know it's interesting your your testimony just there, where you came from, the interest that you had in music. Um, just what we'd consider a less orthodox from a Bible Belt perspective, a tradition standpoint. It, your your experience of how you came to know the Lord and, and, and sort of your, your approach to it is very similar, obviously, to Brother Tom here. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you say also that you all represent a common experience of a lot of people your age that just have a very different perception of the Christian life than, than a lot of your, hmm. your typical folks sitting in churches?
3: Um. You know, I, I really – all I can really speak for is those people that I that I talk to, um, you know, online and, and those people that I get emails with and correspond in that way. Mm-hmm. And in that respect, I would say very much so. I think there there is a great deal of um, – I don't know if we'll throw around the word revival or those kinds of things, but mm-hmm. uh, the people that I talk to, the ones that are, you know, genuinely uh, committed to the Lord are – um, atypical, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. But then again, I guess they all kind of were atypical, right from the <laughs> beginning. But I, oh, I mean, yeah. I, mean it, I, I guess, I guess what I heard uh, Paul Washer say one time, you have just enough religion to um, keep you from, from I can't remember how to put it, to keep you from Jesus, essentially. Or, or yeah. And uh,
2: I, I've heard and people I say that. A, I've heard people say that a lot of times when you sort of get religion, quote unquote you end up becoming inoculated to uh, to, to Jesus <laughs> and the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And I've always thought yeah. that was a very interesting and oftentimes apropos quote.
3: Hmm. Well, and it really does come down to, like, just this whole concept of, uh, it, it's like, you know, people like John in the book, of First John and James, they were all saying something rather simple, but it seems so uh, weird now to us because we have... Uh, it seems like, from my perspective, which which could be wrong, that we've kind of done something a little bit different uh, in this time. Where, you know, they were just saying, "Hey, if you are saved, you're going to notice because you're going to. I mean, a, a trail of, you know, good is going to follow you. You're going to. Mm-hmm. You're going. That's the evidence of it. They were just. They were giving everybody like, "Hey, this is how you'll know. Uh, you know, once the saved always saved. They were all about that. But just in case you wanted to know, this is how you'll know." See that if you don't see a changed life and a desire to love God and a desire to tell people about God, you might want to go revisit it. It's not that you were saved and that you lost it. It's just that hey, you know, this is how you know kind of thing. And I think that see that now with people, and I see it with uh all the time emails from people just like myself that hey, Chris, I used to listen to you know Jordan Maxwell and all those guys, and you know I like I, guys and the whole thing, and and they are they. Are oftentimes just on fire for God, you know, mm-hmm. and and they're it's great because they understand the way that they got deceived, and they understand how important Jesus is too, mm-hmm. because they um, they know that everybody that ultimately that's what everybody's trying to keep them from.
0: Yeah, uh, why do you think that people? Uh, I sound like an old fogey here, but people <laughs> like your age and Tom's age were particularly uh, resonating with guys like Jordan Maxwell or Alex Jones or people who. Have exposed the real power structures in the world and sort of turned what we thought is the real order of the world on its ear uh, why has there been or, or even the nine one one truth movement as well right. why have people your age really been attracted to that, and what's been the impact in society like the different directions they've gone as a result because of it?
3: Well first, I would say that it's this is this particular thing is uh without boundaries in regards to age. I think it generally speaking is uh, getting more young people, but that's because more young people are active online. Um, I tend okay. to look at it like um, like the issue is that this was the first time that there was it, it, it's like Alice Bailey in the externalization of the hierarchy uh, mm-hmm. well, was best best utilized with the advent of the internet. This is the way I kind of look at it. That if this whole thing was ultimately going to happen, there was going to be a push for a world government and things like that Ultimately, you would have to go from kind of a, a definitely overt—I mean, a covert thing—to an overt. Like right now, we're seeing uh, right before our eyes a change from one type of governmental system to another. Or you know, you could there be a debate about that. But I guess what I'm saying is um, that it had—you—they ha- there had to be a revealing of Satan's devices. But he knew that that had to come. He knew that the internet would—that uh, people would find him out. So essentially, it's just controlled opposition in a way. It's like it's like jumping the gun on everybody and saying, "Hey, everybody, guess what? Nothing is what you believed, and and these people and groups rule the world, and they do all these things." And it's been the first time that that's been thrown on everybody, and a great deal of it is true, and it's obviously very impacted. Mm-hmm. So it it kind of becomes a mechanism in order to keep them from the one. It's like this is the way like a it, it's a concession of. So many truths, as long as they can still retain the one lie that matters, because they couldn't hide it forever. So speaking of Satan and the, the satanic empire, couldn't hide it forever. So they just decided to use it as, as, as best as possible for the purpose of, um, well, I'll say it like this, 9-11 and things like that um, are kind of a form of a mind control in that if you can get... Once you shock everybody um, that nothing is what the, that they believe is true, that the government could do something like this, or maybe not that, but wh- whatever it is um, that they've they've proved some truth to somebody, and then everybody is like, oh my gosh, there's there's I can't believe it's true. There's such an open book, ready for reprogramming, and so that there is all these people out there that are very very I believe spiritually empowered to a certain degrees, at, at their their very slick silver tongued kind of um way that they give people so much truth it's just like oh here's somebody that's telling me truth and it's just a reprogramming and the single lie i was just noticing this yesterday thinking about doing something about this is just kind of putting together some video clips about it every single one that is out there right now is the figurehead will all lie about jesus and mm-hmm. they and they will every other thing that they say will be true except when it comes to jesus it's yeah. All, all yeah they all don't have the same thing. Maybe he didn't exist, maybe he did exist but he was some sort of magician or maybe he uh you know, was just allegory for this or that. You know, everyone has a different story but they all you know, they all that's where they all dis you know, seem to right. uh anyway.
4: And Jesus I prophesied rant.
0: that. He said that, you know, he would separate uh mothers and sons and, and fathers and, and others, and, and it was all going to be about him. He was going to tear apart families because of who he was, not for any other issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you've alluded to um, this whole action that has affected uh, a generation, but again, beyond that, but um, where we're basically people have said, what you think that is going on in the world is not what it is. And as we know, much of it is true, and it's long overdue truth but along with it in, in this breaking of people in their understanding of the world order has been challenging what has been taught as far as orthodox beliefs uh in Christianity uh what are what are some of the actions like that like zeitgeist and what do you think has been their effect on a generation of people
3: oh it's been it's it's we're, go- we're not going to recognize how how serious that is um until the next few years go by i'm i'm very convinced that there is you know, something extremely significant going on with that and it is part of the externalization of that hierarchy or externalization of, of the mysteries which essentially is indoctrinating people and as you well know of course you guys both know this but it's indoctrinating the masses into um, the same kind of mindset that
4: mm-hmm. um,
3: that the, the mystery school religion would be and of course it's the veneration of Lucifer ultimately it's veiled in a lot of symbolism and different things but ultimately that's, that's where it's at so um and, and and nobody really i guess what the impact is so severe and it it has this effect because it presents the way that that all of this gets presented and i would dare say a lot of the lies over the course of human history that satan has presented to man um they are always presented in such a uh amazing way to where you wouldn't even want to question it, it sounds like so true i mean there's no reason to go look it up because it's just like Oh, so obvious and true. Um, but it's almost like, why would they lie about that? It's almost too big of a lie, I guess. That's, that's what it is. Ultimately, it's so huge of a lie that you just couldn't imagine being a lie. And I know Hitler had a quote, something to that effect. Um, but anyway, the, the effect is huge. I, I talk to people all the time that, that will allude to something, oh, you know, you, don't, you Christians, you know, don't really know. Like, I know these are the people like that I'll talk to, you know, on a regular basis, like old friends and things like that, and come to find out they had seen Zeitgeist. You know, it, that is getting outside of the Internet world. But but it's now getting played on regular TV like I heard it was on Sky News and, Britain, really? you know, being played. But wow. But beyond that, it's also getting – it's also getting repackaged for the now. We've we've seen it. We've had the hit in the quote-unquote truth movement. But what is now happening is it's getting it's ready for prime time, and it's getting uh, filtered generally through the kind of NPR type, you know, pseudo intellectual sort of thing, where those people that are very potty in their and their uh, kind of you know elitism of of their own sort. Amen. Uh, they get they get their they get the trickle down of. Man, so I've seen things on um, not just NPR but uh, PBS where it's really you know documentary with people with monocles and Harvard Law School or whatever books in the background talking the exact same thing that Jordan Maxwell is saying, and it's so unbelievably easy to disprove. But that's just it; it doesn't even matter anymore. The thing about the thing about the quote-unquote truth movement, or you know, which is basically saying you know the people that are out there looking at you know conspiracies, whether they're real or not. Um, that's kind of become this kind of subculture slash industry thing. But the thing is that it never had any checks and balances. Somebody could be saying an absolute untruth right next to somebody that was saying the most profound truth. Nobody would ever call anybody because it was all conspiracy. So there was always, you know, muddy waters, and some of it was totally crazy. Some of it was true. It It was always a game of trying to sift through it all. But that I just never could believe it when I was sitting there watching that PBS thing and th- thinking, where did the checks and balances go with PBS? I mean, this is just completely untrue. Right. But it's, it, I think that it's a, it's a, it's a combination of things that have given this apathy to where people don't care. One of them is that it, the problem with Zeitgeist and the, and the things like that, when people lie about Jesus, ultimately people will embrace it. Because they want to that's the hardest thing trying to get, shake people and say "No, no, no, this isn't true. You can go look in, in the Egyptian text. there really isn't what they're saying is an absolute lie. It's really hard to get them to see it because they want they prefer it you know sure, sure, it, absolutely it, it, it's like in second Timothy when he says, um you know they they will uh they will be given to seducing spirits and um doctrines of demons, demons speaking lies in hypocrisy." And I think that that's a really clever way to put it. I don't know if he's necessarily speaking about something like this, the spirit of Antichrist idea, but speaking lies and hypocrisy really is what what's happening. They're, they're telling Christians that they don't um, they don't know. They're just believing something because they they've been told, and they're not questioning it. Because and at the same time, uh, the lies that they've been told by this doctrines of demons, um, it is complete hypocrisy because they believe it because they absolutely want to. Because if they if they can believe that, there's then they can. They don't have any responsibilities, they have no accountability, I guess is the proper word.
0: We're back at the Future Quake show here with Doctor Future. And
2: You
0: know, we've never heard anybody ever comment on you doing that sound. Which is very close to the going in reverse sound.
2: The going in reverse totally different.
0: Okay. All right, we've never had any emails, so if you all like I'm either those two, sound dad, e- you're open, you're open, you're open you If you like either <laughs> those two sound effects, be sure to email us here. Merv will tell you in just a second. But County any bottom? any comments on Brother Chris White's background?
2: Well, I, you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, myself, I've been, you know, just sort of wondering where the Lord has sort of led me, and I kind of feel like a lot of times that like I'm this, I'm the odd man out, to say mm-hmm. the least. You know, and and. Uh, hearing this early part mm-hmm. of his life and this yeah. you know the background, I mean obviously both musicians now mm-hmm. called to something different right. uh, big surprise that where there 's going to be some symmetry mm-hmm. and some right. you know some same feeling. you were a legion
0: right mm-hmm. I meant that in a good way right, you're your, many other knees that have not bowed down musician knees i 'm trying to say you all have esprit pre decor. There are many other people like you. Do you want me to paint a picture? I don't have flashcards. <laughs> Pyro, would you come in here and explain this? First
2: of all, you're comparing us to like the Legion of the Pigs, and you know. No, that's, that's
0: your thing. imagination. I oh, never right. anything said anything about pigs. You said you are a Legion. Speaking of pigs, we need to bring Maravan to come tell our listeners <laughs> how to contact us here
5: at Future Quake. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. during the radio broadcast. Okay, we got to go. We're in late.
2: All right, no, 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 bye.
0: Yeah, that, same from here. And until then, I hope your future is very bright. Have a good day. I wouldn't yet, bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. <laughs> there are new dreams. Nothing can change
1: the shape of things. Nothing can change the shape of things.
0: Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future.
2: And I, of course, am Tom, always witty but never intelligent bionic.
0: <laughs> am I supposed to dispute you or not? I don't no, know.
2: you're not supposed to dispute okay.
0: me. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's great to be with you today. Uh, we're in our second segment of a very novel, impromptu interview we mm-hmm. did with a fellow Christian broadcaster, Brother Chris White of the No Word to Run radio program, also the Frank and Chris show, both on the Revelations Radio Network, of which we are now a part. Yeah. The alternative Christian media juggernaut.
4: <laughs> Here the, it comes. Sort <laughs> of the <gasps> clear channel.
0: I didn't know that's how a juggernaut sounded. The the uh, Basically, uh, I guess what you would say, the clear channel of independent Christian media.
2: Yeah, something like that, Salem Broadcasting. Uh, yeah.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we've been having a wonderful discussion with uh, Chris White. Do you have any comments on what we had well, you out know, about his was, background uh, yesterday? Well, one
2: of the things that I did mention is that I really sort of, I really sort of uh, his background. You know, the similarity with mine really sort of resonated. It scared me. Uh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad I, I'm glad I'm glad as younger guys are having that effect on you older it's, guys.
0: It's like that movie X Men. <laughs> And I meant that so in, I, in a nice way.
2: What are you trying to say? I'm like, you know, I'm getting so heavy I look like the blob or something. Oh,
0: you, the word mutant come to mind.
2: <laughs> which one am I? I mean, am I nightcrawler? Am I'm going to put you somewhere between
0: freak and mutant. Yeah. Somewhere in that Archangel,
2: spectrum. Archangel, Cyclops, which uh-huh. one am I? Now,
0: Brother Chris, I meant that in a nice way, too. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, you are right. There are many uh, folk like you all mm-hmm. out there that the church does not recognize. Oh. And I guess... Me too, well, you know, I'm just an old no, no, you're equivalent. There, we're
2: you're yeah, you're in there with us, I I'm think. part of the island of yeah, unwanted yeah, Toys. yeah, you start talking about the uh uh you know uh all of this stuff that we talk about, and they just like And there
0: are lots of people like us on i the was web. in
2: a I was in a church i' will I'll, I'll say this I was in a church and I started talking about some of the stuff uh in a very sort of uh rudimentary way, mm-hmm. and uh this is a church with four people in it, mm-hmm. just getting going right. And uh, uh, the lady I was talking to suddenly had something very important to do. <laughs> as soon as I started mentioning any of this stage, stuff, she right. Yeah, and yeah. I was like,
0: "Wow, that's interesting. Oh, but,
2: I, I, there's something yeah. I got to do over here." <laughs>
0: you know, the, the nice thing with our WNL broadcast, a lot of people are trapped in their cars and yeah. they can't drive off of the highway at the time.
2: Well, they can always change the channel. Oh,
0: don't tell them that, ladies and gentlemen. We need to go to the second part of our interview with Brother Chris White. I know you'll really enjoy it. Sorry about our hijinks here. Yeah. But I think you'll really uh, enjoy what he has to share, a fellow kindred spirit, and then we'll be right back for a very quick wrap up here on future quake. What happened with you with all the people still swallowing all of that uh, what what changed it with you in that you got a understanding that something wasn't wasn't quite what what they were saying? What was the key information that you received to understand that uh
3: well. For me it was David Icke's book The Biggest Secret. He wrote in there about a about a quote unquote Hindu god named Varishna, Not Kurishna mm-hmm. and not Vishnu, but a combination of both, Varishna. And this Vrishna uh um he was said to oh he lived eighteen hundred years before Christ and oh he was died on a cross between two thieves and rose again on the third day and you know, died for his sins and did every all these huge list of things that Jesus did. Uh, they said this version of it lived 1800 years before. Did, and I mean this is a good. This is probably in 2000 or some something like that. And I was just, you know, same thing that happens when people watch like I Felt like I just got punched in the stomach. Like, oh my gosh, if this is true, then everything else in the whole world is wrong. And wow, we've been so deceived and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So, but at the same time, I had this little core inside of me that was saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure out this. This is true. I, I, I don't know if I just didn't want it to be or or what, but I just wanted to find out, and then that led me to finding out just that one piece of the puzzle that, hey, that was wrong, you know, and I talked to some Hindus and stuff like that, and were like, Varishna. I was like, no, you know, we don't <laughs> know anything about that, and anyway, I found out that that was from Percy uh, uh, Graves the Sixteen Crucified Saviors. David Icke notably actually later took that out of later printings of that book because it was so obviously wrong.
0: So you went but, to their own resources and asked them and quizzed them and found out that they were abusing the resources that they cited. Am I understanding that right? right? And that,
3: and that, yeah, and that was long enough ago to when um, when Zeitgeist came out, I, I, I at least knew that that was wrong. Um, that, that And well, not every one of them because it listed like, you know, basically the same thing, but with several other gods. So I knew the premise was wrong, so I just... I just started looking into it and that's when um uh I, I can't, Frank and I did the Zeitgeist challenge uh Frank from the Revelations Radio Network and that was we got a lot of a lot of uh negativity for that because it was such a strong desire for people to believe it because this was their chance to to wash their hands of Jesus. And this was and, and that's the world and the thing that's happening is, as people now, this is going past the internet, and people are seeing it. It's the most, it's the most watched movie, I would say, probably in the history of the internet. Because what happened is, Google Video, for a long time, the conspiracy type movies, like were the Google had like a top 100 on, on Google Video for a long time, and there was never any conspiracy videos there. They would get up there like, uh, you know, some kind of thing like. Uh, 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 loose change, 9/11 thing, or something like that. They would get up there for a minute, but then they would go straight down. It would, it, they would be up there because people were like really, really watching them, and they would take down the numbers. They would actually put counter to zero and things like that. Google would do this. So Google was very active in the in the censoring of the conspiracy v- videos until Zeitgeist came out,
4: huh. and
3: and then it was all oh it was all let loose as long as Zeitgeist was number one all the time.
2: Yeah, I've I've heard other people mention that before. I think Alex Jones talked about that. His 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 latest video has had like fourteen million downloads and they and it for some reason it can't make the top page there on YouTube. Uh even though it beats the next even though it beats the next next like highest download by like ten million downloads or something.
3: Yeah. I mean they're I remember I'm sure you guys been down the Google research road, but you know yeah. they're hosting all the they're they're actually hosting the parties and stuff like that and like
0: yeah.
3: Prague and all that stuff.
0: So. so so now even though people think of the internet as being this independent, rebellious, totally free medium, even within that institution, there have been large, well-funded, popular, uh, multi-resource groups like Google and YouTube, others who. Are using even the internet to try to promote what they want to promote very seductively, and, and people have to be really discerning to realize that someone's manipulating even it as well. Correct?
3: Sure. Of course, it's harder. It's harder to manipulate because there is an element of no control going on there. But as long as you could control one, th- one the most important pieces of the puzzle, like um, then you can do a lot. More effectively you can do the same thing effectively ultimately it's just the externalization of the hierarchy I mean this is that's what that's why all this was all those pieces were moved which was in order to induct indoctrinate as many people as possible into the mystery school of thought because it's preparation as Blavatsky and everybody else said it's just preparation for the world teacher this is this is bigger than theosophy and it's bigger than you know all those subgroups. It, it, it's it's the whole all everything that Satan has control of, preparing everybody for the Antichrist. Mm. And so that's what the spirit of Antichrist or part of its job is doing. And I know that it's a specific spirit that's actually deceiving people because I mean I I get a lot of those emails from people that are that are have that at least if they're contacting me they have like a desire to you know fight at least. And uh, that's good, I guess, in one sense. But it, it's really hard to break because it is a spirit, and, and it, yeah, that's. Well, what
0: I think, I let me ask just one more question about something of, of the folk of your age, who have who have grown up immersed in this culture of having questioning uh, what we know about our own worldview and how the world runs and who's in charge. Um, there there are some people like yourself who have have retained a. A, a belief and understanding of what we would call Christianity, but there's another segment that has still rejected much of what we consider Orthodox Christian religion, uh and that have gone into something called the emergent church. What what are your thoughts on it as far as the path that they have taken to to have some kind of guise of pursuing Christ, but has sort of thrown out all institutions, all uh even, even some primary doctrines and it started from a clean yeah. slate. Any perspective on that?
3: Well just the limited uh, experience I've had personally with some people I don't see a uh, I don't see evidence of um the Holy Spirit there uh but that's just per I'm sure that they're where uh the issue I think primarily is that um you know the the Holy Spirit can work in just about any kind of situation uh and I just I just see that there is this you know fulfillment of that uh prophecy that, Speaking of the church, when he said that they shall have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof, right? Yeah, and and that's just what I what I see as far as not just that, but that's just a kind of a, a packaged, well, uh, you know, it's a good system.
0: Mm-hmm. But 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 I, would you agree with me that in some ways there are some things that they're doing questioning? Some of our institutions, even the church, that should be questioned and are healthy, but they can be sure. taken too far when no, we the, throw away fundamental yeah, tenets about the, baby out with the, bathwater, about the sure. resurrection of who, who Christ yeah. is and those kind of things.
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, that's just it's it's Satan's MO. You know, if he can get, it's like he just plays damage control the whole time. And well, yeah, if you figure this out, you know, let's let too far, you know, or let's just do this, let's take it too far or not as far enough, you know, He's, he'll he's there around it. I'm always reminded of that, uh, that movie, uh, the devil's advocate where at the end of it, you know, he had figured out that, you know, he was, he took the high road or whatever. And, and, uh, you know, he wasn't going to be taken that way. And then the end movie ends with Satan just waiting for him at a, at a new juncture, you know, playing on a different kind of, you know, uh, thing. Uh, uh but that's just, I guess, what there's so much to question about, Um, a lot of the 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 things but i think that ultimately it's just so simple as far as being spirit-led i mean just praying for the holy more holy spirit i get dial to turn up gets turned up and it doesn't matter you get you get thrusted in the right direction as long as you you know that's the one thing you need is just love god with all your heart mind and soul and i am just Nothing else matters. You will be convicted to get out of a thing or get into a thing or go get baptized or do whatever you need to do as long as mm-hmm. that dial is on 11.
0: Well, Br- Brother Chris, i got to ask you, um, since you've had such an impact on the radio front, uh, since you've tackled this yourself and, and built a large following, what was it that motivated you in your, in your struggle and growth and, and knowing the Lord to, to finally say, I want to start a show? What motivated you to do it and how did you do it?
3: Well, uh, I, I at that time, I was really almost sick. I guess sick with the idea that I, there was so much that I felt like was going to happen as far as deception that they were going to use the alien thing in some way that I didn't quite understand it. I didn't have a lot of stuff figured out, but there was that I that I understood enough to want to warn people about it, and I felt like I would never have enough time. To say all the things that i wanted to say and and i i felt like i needed to get it to everybody but i i felt so helpless and it was just one of the most amazing things um was the other day thinking about it thinking about a lot of that and looking back at some of the videos that i've done and stuff like that and and seeing that i did it i told people you know those those things that were such a burden to me that I felt like there was no possible way that I could ever warn people. And uh, I feel like at least I I know this. And when I look and I see that, you know, videos are getting taken down and I see that, you know, I'm not having as much impact as I would have hoped or what any of those things don't bother me because I know that the seed is planted and really at some point it's out of my hands, you know, I mean, that as long, as long as people continue to look for truth genuinely, then they're going to find it um jesus jesus
0: says he who seeks finds right
3: right yeah and i think that that the truth that they uh the truth resonates when it hits them like and everything else seems like a journey until it's until you find jesus and find out how it how it works i mean that's just where the where the trail ends so um anyway i think that it it, it's um it's a it's prepping people a lot of times, I think, too, I'm just to kind of go a little off topic, it's prepping them for um, this, uh, you know, possible times of trouble, too, is by kind of having people kind of pass through the fire of this deception. On the other end of that, they are um, a lot more on fire than just being well-churched could have ever done them, you know. They recognize the, the how they were deceived. They recognize that it was important enough to try very hard to deceive them. Mm-hmm. They see how, they see the types of ways that uh, they're being deceived and the focuses of that deception, and they see the things like depending on where they were coming from, whether it be uh, new age ritual kind of things or Satanism or anything like like that. They understand spiritual warfare from the other side too. They understand the the seduction of trying to get people to. Uh, do rituals and I understand why they want them to, to open doors and things like that. So it's just a it's it's really the best thing that could happen in a lot of ways for um for kind of getting the church ready to be real.
0: Well, uh you mentioned deception. Uh and you alluded to some of the nature of those. What what are the major deceptions that you were referring to there that that you're thinking about that are the biggest concern?
3: Um I was just thinking about this today and and praying about it and just, I was just watching uh, It's mostly the, as far as deceptions, I guess um, it's just the many, many ways that they are being deceived about Jesus and the Bible. um, Both of which probably the word and the word, I guess, probably one and the same that uh, they are just, and God. I mean, they're well, they're all the same. Hey, but the thing is, it's just, there's it so it's there's so much there's so many different takes on it, but it's just this onslaught on these on these people. These poor people are getting just just ever the, the kitchen sink is being thrown at them. As yeah. far as don't pay attention to God, don't pay attention to the Bible, don't pay attention to Jesus. If they can't get him on God's a mean God or that God doesn't exist, or if they can't get him on you know uh, the Bible has or so many errors, or they can't get him on that, they'll try another thing. It, it, it's just everything. And and I know that people kind of instinctually see the contradiction and the onslaught of of the hatred of it. And and the and also just inc- incorporated with the idea that the double think that comes of people being able to really believe because they've been this facade that everybody wants them to be a Christian, that the whole system is trying to make them Christian, never recognizing that from cradle to grave they are in a public school system that hates God and is trying to knock it out of them at every given thing. Every TV show and cartoon and everything else is is has the intention of, of knocking it out of people. But, um, it's, but fun- yeah.
0: it's funny you mention that because uh, here we have in the last number of hours, we have a headline on Drudge of an announcement of a missing link they have found that they believe yeah. proves evolution, uh, which will try to push their emphasis that uh, we were not created by any god. Uh, just recently we're seeing a uh, movie trailer of a movie that's coming out that's at Cannes Film Festival called Antichrist where, as First, I understand it, the theme was that basically these people discover that Satan created the world. Yeah, the, the, whole, world
2: and the not, whole point is that Satan... Yeah, you said it. Satan yeah, created sorry. the
0: world, not God. Not God. And, and this, these things are becoming commonplace. Yeah. Um, but, 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 Chris, back to your, your, your point with the radio show. What made you decide to do a radio show and how did that come about?
3: Well, I just... Um, I, oh, I know what it was. It, it was... It was actually at the time I started a company and called when, Conspiracy
0: and, Closed. And, and when was that too? Clarify when, when all this sort of came about.
3: I think that it was in, in probably mid to late 2006. I I started Conspiracy Closed, which was conspiracy theory themed T-shirts, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> I. I and basically what I did is, is I went around to a lot of the conspiracy places and I gave away a lot of conspiracy t-shirts to a lot of the conspiracy people hmm. out there. And um one of the people that I uh, made a connection with was Rob Revere at the Revere Radio Network, where they're kind of like the, uh, oh, the kind of bad boys of talk radio, you know, lots of, uh, uh, cussing and carrying on there. And so, what I, so, and I was kind of like, I don't know, what you, this is kind of, you, I, I don't know. It, it's a long story, but that's but that's where it all started. And, and then I just said, Rob Revere, who I'm said is a Christian, and, and um, and I said to him one time because I'd I was already advertising. I guess you could call it advertising there. I, I had given Rob every shirt that I had as far as every design, and he let me put my banner on on the site. And so, um, but anyway, so I, I listened to a lot of it there, and then I just started doing a show. I asked him if I could do a show, and he was like, Yeah. And then uh, that quickly grew. Because of because of I guess being accountable for the first time of all the stuff that I thought I knew about conspiracy theories and so on, all of a sudden when I was talking to people, I actually had to make sure I was right about a lot of it.
0: Um, yeah, which, we, we've which, never which, felt so led to have to feel we were right. Oh, <laughs> That's never stopped us for doing a show every week. Right, wrong, who cares? We just need something for next yeah. week. Yeah, brother Chris, you may not know my uh, my life verse out of the Bible. It's Job 42:3. I speak of that which I do not know. <laughs> All right. So that's that's my life first. So anyway, you, you, you confront this challenge now, now that you have uh, your own radio show. But 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 why did you want to do a radio show? What was it that you wanted to talk about, and why did you feel like you were the person to do it?
3: Um, well, you know, the first thing I wanted to tell people, and I think you probably start with just one particular aspect. That is this. That, and this is going to sound, I mean, really far too conspiratorial, I guess, but um, there, was, there was Zachariah Sitchin um, had uh, been implicated by a woman named Arizona Wilder who had been a multiple. She herself was clearly um, uh, still suffering from a lot of effects of it. She was still uh, unhealed, I guess you would say.
0: She had multiple so, personality disorders, is that what you're saying?
3: Right. Yeah, okay. uh, but anyway, a long story short, she had these just crazy uh, visions as reported by David I because I told you it kind of got started on this. And there was this never talked about thing that she actually implicated um, Zachariah Sitchin as being a part of these rituals. And which was weird because I, I, anyway, I, there was this long this long thing I, that I guess, because Zachariah Sitchin I guess had really hurt my faith so long ago. I don't know if there was any faith to hurt, but he really, made me reject any notion of God when I read his books and things like that. So I guess I had a grudge against Zacharias Hitchin. And so I wanted to show people that not just that 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 he was being implicated as being a part of this group, but that it, this that the reason why that um, aliens genetically seeding man would be something that the, the big bad Illuminati would want us to believe, not that we were renegades for finding out, but it was important for us to recognize that it's something they wanted us to believe because in that would allow for a world religion, if it was ever, if that, if it was ever played to its fullness and which is that you could have intelligent design and you could basically say that get rid of God. If aliens seeded us Mm -hmm. and with that, it would, it would do everything. It would create a world government. It would create a world religion. And it would uh, put, um, it would, it it would just, it would just explain everything. And so I guess I wanted to explain people that. So when I found Michael Heiser, I was like, Okay, it's already been done. SitchinIsWrong dot com. I was like, oh mm-hmm. good. And so then I just felt for a long time that all I just wanted to do is tell everybody about Michael Heiser. You know, I was going mm-hmm. on all the conspiracy boards and like SitchinIsWrong dot com. Just trying to tell everybody about SitchinIsWrong dot com. And and so I guess in a way it was that. That was that. I think it was me lashing out at Zachariah Sitchin and his deceiving me.
0: <laughs> okay, so that, that puts you on a crusade. Correct. Um, right. why, why did you feel like you were ideal for radio?
3: Oh I don't I don't uh, know that I ever thought that or or whatever um <laughs> I don't know I, I can't say that uh that um I I don't I don't ever think I really thought that I just it was something that I could do I guess and I felt comfortable doing so it was just it was a way I actually felt for a long time that I was not doing enough because I I would look at the videos like on Google video and stuff like that and think if I could only do that, but I, but my thing was I just don't know how to do that. I guess, well, this is what I'll have to do. I'll, I'll do audio. There's certain people that listen to to uh, radio and, and podcasts and things like that. That's just how I'll contribute to all this. Hmm. If they find it that way, they don't. And then um, just it, it all happened with uh, Michael Tessari and the first time I ever had uh, run-ins with him. And I just was doing a show about him, just called The Many Mistakes of my, Michael Tessari back in 2007, where I felt really, really burdened just – to do that. And that was the hardest thing that I I ever did up to that point. But anyway, it was after that, that I did my first video because I felt really burdened to show people this thing that I found. And after that, I was like, Hey, that was easy. And then just started making really bad videos ever since.
2: (laughs) We're back here at future quake with Dr. Future and Tom slightly long winded, but overall slightly funny bionic. Well,
0: at least it's slightly, slightly. Um, you know, we talk a little bit about we, we're just getting more into the the, the radio experience there mm-hmm. toward the end of the show mm-hmm. and different shows that are on. What do you think about this whole emerging thing of these alternative Christian radio stations? Some people would say it's just some kind of curiosity of the internet. I have I have a theory about the way God rolls. God really? does God
2: does stuff that people don't expect. He picks people that you just go now, dude. There's no way. Uh,
0: there's a there's a pastor
2: in our so business. there's hope
0: for us. Then in other words, yeah, okay, a lot of hope for us.
2: Uh, there's a pastor that I know that uh, spent 18 months in a mental institution because he thought he was an orange. God picked that guy to go. <laughs> he thought he was an orange? Yeah, he got some Satanists, took him and drugged him, and then uh, you know told him he was going to die, and then he thought he was dead, and then he thought he was mm-hmm. an orange. He spent it in a mental institution, and God healed him of all that, and he ended up going and getting a Ph.D. in theology mm-hmm. and, and now leads a gigantic mm-hmm. church and is a great, great Bible oh, teacher. Tr- sweet. Yeah, so the point is is God rolls. Mm -hmm. And this is just another case of God rolling, like radio, you know, terrestrial radio, Mm -hmm. all these people are out there. God's going, I don't need terrestrial radio. Watch this. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, foiled again in a way that was totally unexpected and so perfect. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I guess the real motto is, aren't you going to do that too? What? Aren't you going to do that? (laughs) Sorry about that. Yeah. That was a very seedy comment I shouldn't have made. <laughs> uh, speaking of seedy, uh, Merv, would you come in and tell our listeners how they can contact us at FutureQuake?
5: FutureQuake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at Future at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or Internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast.
0: Okay, we're way past. Okay, sorry. Okay. Come back tomorrow. Uh, We start the second half of our interview with Chris White. Until then, we hope your future is very bright. Have a good day. Abgood Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future.
2: Uh, And I am Tom, here to make Dr. Future laugh a little bionic.
0: Yeah, you ought to be in the studio with this guy. <laughs> He's a piece of work, I can tell you that Man. much. And you know what, it's wonderful to be each, with each of you all here on Future Quake, our Indeed. fellow Futurians. And uh, as we mentioned earlier this week, uh, uh, Brother Chris White was called at the last nanosecond, and we had a uh, a guest that uh, ran into a problem uh, yeah. really right as we were ready to record. Yeah. And My uh, phone call to Chris went something like this,
2: Hey Chris, what's going on? Hey guys, how you doing? Uh, well, we'd like to have you on Future Quake Show. He's like, great. When can I do it? Thirty seconds.
0: Right. That's right. <laughs> and it's one of the best uh, performances of someone without a script ever. Uh, well, and uh, of course we were flying without questions as well. But he uh, makes,
2: he gets such high marks in my book for is that right? just everything that he's done and how well this interview went. I am, I am sort of in awe. I'm in between,
0: yeah. in between,
2: like slightly envious and jealous about yeah. how well he's done. If one day like,
0: I could ever earn that. Oh, are you kidding? You.
2: you are one of the people that I really look up to. As no, a you Bible. Didn't say that. No, no, I mean it. You know, I'm I'm the kind of guy who like tells it like it is, and I'm telling it like it is. Well, I really you, look brother. up to your Bible yeah. stuff, even though I think some of it's wrong. Okay, yeah, <laughs> thanks.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that enforces our listeners too. They want to listen for advice here. Uh, actually, I think you're satisfactory. I yeah. really mean that. Well, thank you. I, I would just call you extra satisfactory. Extra satisfactory. No, I'm serious. You know, I love your brother, and very insightful. You are a
2: solid C-plus, Tom and, Bionic. Uh, <laughs> we have to praise
0: each other when the emails are are low. There for the you week. go. Yeah, so, yeah. Some there's no praise, so we'll g- just praise each other. I guess yeah. we need to let uh, Brother Chris White come in here and tell us a little bit about himself, what's going on in the world of independent Christian radio, mm-hmm. and then with no further ado, we'll be back to wrap it up here at FutureQuake. Now, uh... So you, your radio show started on the Revere Radio Network. Is that correct? That's right. Okay. Uh, how long How long were you on there on that network?
3: Still am. Still am. Actually, uh, they just uh, they carry that along with um, uh, the Revelations Radio Network and the Black Belt Radio Network with uh, with John Greenwald. Wow.
0: So so you're a tip of the iceberg of this vast underground Christian, pseudo Christian underground radio empire, or vast civilization that goes under the well, nose of a lot of people except for those on the internet
3: well i don't know uh there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, uh there are definitely people out there that i don't I, I feel like uh dr stan monteith he's right there he's got it all figured Old out
4: pioneer, yeah.
3: he's the tip, tip yeah pioneer tip he's the guy and you know um i look at a lot of the stick has on there just absolutely amazed a lot of times that they've it sounds like it's so old hat, you know, some of the stuff that, mm-hmm. you know, like hearing Chris Pinto on your show, it, when I first heard him, I was like, it, it was so funny because he was just talking about, you know, you guys are just rattling off about agents of the hierarchy and <laughs> men, we all and all this, you know, stuff. And I was like, well, good, good. You know, uh, I'm, I'm glad. Good. Somebody, I, I always, I know how you must feel a lot of times. It's just, just, it seems so niche, but it, so important not to be mm-hmm. just, you know, it needs mm-hmm. to be something that's talked about to some degree. Of course, it's not just shouldn't go, you know,
2: no, you shouldn't it. shouldn't focus on it. Mm-hmm. But it's important to know. Yeah. Can,
0: can, can you tell us some more about since You're 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 one of the uh, pantheon of uh, hosts in, in this form of uh, radio, uh, Christian radio on, on the Internet. Can you tell us about some other spheres or types of shows just to give us a feel for our listeners of the breadth Of what's out there, and and what's having an impact.
3: Sure, Um, well, I I guess I guess what I think really is having a good impact, and I'm glad to see it. It's not necessarily the shows necessarily, but um, the ancient of days kind of thing is seems to be something that people. It's a good segue. For so many people, because so many people are, and I, I'm speaking of Guy Malone and uh, the conference that you're going to be attending and things like that. The 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 Christian answer to the UFO kind of phenomena, and I think that incorporates so many different things like uh, sleep paralysis and stuff like that. Um, I really feel that that is making a, one of the bigger impacts for um, uh, for Christ, because there are everybody is in one way, shape, or form seems to be susceptible to deception regarding aliens because and I believe personally that the only reason that it's been so, so, uh, so prepped is because they plan on using it in some way. So everybody yeah. has some various form of, of, you know, wrongness about that. So, and it's, and I don't know, I was, the other day I was planning on doing a, um, a, a video spot for the Ancient Days Conference and I was doing some research listening to a lot of uh, testimonies of people that had had, former experiences with aliens whether they be abductions or just kind of sleep paralysis episodes or wh- whatever um, and just amazed at um how how significant it was and said here's here's the thing a lot of people were getting open doors to the demonic um just by a a devote a serious study of aliens i mean almost an addiction to the studying of ufo phenomena and that that seems to be on several several different occasions, the testimonies that I've heard that Joe Jordan and, and Jim Humson and um, Chris Warden, those guys, have, have all brought out. And a, a certain percentage of those people, their only door, door, doorway that I can see just from the interview, I mean, there could be other things, but were that they were seduced into a, a very serious dedication of, of studying about aliens. And there's tons of those people out there. And those people are, are being affected in lots of negative ways, and if they... Here's the thing is that they are, if they are having sleep paralysis or some kind of thing like that, then they are in desperate need of help. Mm-hmm. And that, and they need, uh, you can read them on, on the internet. It's so painful sometimes to read all these things on the internet. People saying, Do you know how to stop sleep paralysis? Is there any cure for it? You know, I'm seeing these things every night and they're tormenting me and they're doing these things to me. And it's just, it's so clearly evil. They feel this incredible evil presence along with all this stuff. So when you can tell somebody that, those beings are absolutely scared of jesus christ it is the best tool in the world to to explaining everything mm-hmm. you know i understand all of a sudden demons they understand the the uh sovereignty of jesus everything is is comes really quickly as long as so it's in a way it's backfiring on satan but there's it's not enough information out there there's a long way around answering your question i'll try to quickly mm-hmm. uh cover uh recover there uh but um but I think that the other things – the Revelations Radio Network has been uh, becoming something that um, is really, really great. I'm seeing a lot of people were adding uh, a lot of different shows and things like that. It's kind of become one-stop shopping for something that I used to um, be uh, – when I first found PID Radio with Derek and Sharon. And i standing I for appearing
0: were, in the darkness radio, yeah. right?
3: Right, and I, I found that in – that was that was I think it was interviewing Patrick Aaron and this was probably back in 2006 or maybe it was 2007. But uh, um, when I found them, I I just couldn't believe it. I was like there that was they were the first ones that I found like minded individuals I found and I was like this is great, this is so awesome. You know I, I'm so glad I, I didn't feel as alone or, or you know all these things. And then. Um, and, and I couldn't just imagine at that point in my, in my journey seeking truth when I still had a lot of stuff to figure out, if I'd found this hub like Revelations Radio Network where it's kind of just a collection, just collecting all the, all the stuff that's around there. But, so the answer to the question is a lot of this – I can't hardly think of anything out there that I listen to with a regular basis uh, as regards to radio or podcasts that's now not on the Revelations Radio Network after the recent addition uh, of uh, you and Dr. Stan.
0: Oh, oh wow. a Doctor Stan's show is on Revelations Radio Network.
3: Yeah, as of the last uh, week, I think. Wow,
4: oh.
0: he must be trying to keep up with Future Quake. Then I'm probably <laughs> just following on our footsteps wherever he wants to go. Um, since you started your show, what are some of the more notable things that have happened as far as uh, outcomes from a show that you've done or feedback you've had from people?
3: Um, probably the the Uh, I'd say the most notable thing was probably either the, the zeitgeist issue, um, or probably the Michael Tassarian thing, not the recent one, but the original thing, Michael Tassarian is really, uh, I don't know. I felt always burdened for, to, for him because I've always felt if. He's a he's a conspiracy researcher out there for anybody listening. And, yeah, explain uh, just,
0: explain a little bit about the the basic premise of who he is and what he says for listeners not familiar with him.
3: He is a very very intelligent individual who um, I have a great deal of trouble analyzing. Uh, one because he uh, it is really hard to sit through because all it's all it's a picture perfect of of kind of a. Accumulation of not just Blavatsky and and all the stuff that she said and and Alice Bailey and the whole Theosophy line, incorporated with the best of the rest of the the lies in regards to Jesus. Of course, he has the 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 general conspiracy stuff that's pretty more or less spot on. But he's I think he's kind of intended intended for the kind of the intellectual truth seeker. But in that he 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 gives away a lot more. Um, uh, truth about the spiritual world which is dangerous because what he does is he then takes that to the next level and says that it's it's about it's about ritual and it's about magic we can beat them via learning um, this occult way Um, so so the people that uh, you know he has a mystery school of his own uh, that teaches people divination and tarot cards and things like that it's a massive massive thing Uh, That he's doing, and it's really very, very spiritually seductive and very powerful. So when I've analyzed it in the past, I felt very oppressed and things like that. But I just mainly it was hard to do because he was so so smart, and he's he's not he's not like Jordan Maxwell or these other guys where um, they kind of wear their mistakes on their sleeves. He, He he seems to know where the weaknesses are and therefore uh, kind of pad around it when it when it comes to his foot part. But he's very, very good at it. So he, he, anyway, just to look who he is. But anyway, I, I did that, and there was a big thing back then where he had threatened me or, and something like that, which caused a lot of people to listen to the show. And when they did, it was probably the biggest um, uh, series of uh, events that started happening as far as, um, I think, being able to reach to, out to a lot of people who were deeply involved in the, the cult. And that got me more interested in those kinds of thing, and I, things. And I started to have a burden for those kinds of people. And and then finding Russ Dizdar and things like that was just, um, then that was the last piece of the puzzle I felt like for me. Because Russ Dizdar, when I found him and I found out his deep, deep burden for those that have been in the occult and things like that and how he applies it. And and they just, he's a just very productive individual and he's just been a a role model for me ever since I've taken a lot of his courses. And I felt, I felt really, really burdened to just point to him. And even at the end of the last Michael Tessarian movie, I just said, if you want to know about, you know, it's basically saying, Hey guys, that I'm talking to his, his devotees and things like that. And people that follow him the, all all the stuff is. There is a lot of stuff that he's saying that is true, and I agree with a lot of it. But there is something that he's not telling you, and they are hungry for the deep, this deep truth. And I think that pointing them to Russ not and places like that instantly shows them the facade of what mm-hmm. Michael Sarian is. So, so yeah. So that's sort of an answer to that, I guess.
0: Well, uh, y- you've had your show since that particular period of time. Do you have any estimate of how many listeners you now have regularly to your show? It's a weekly show, is that correct?
3: Yeah, uh, I don't know. The best thing I can uh, tell is from Podomatic, uh, where a lot of, probably a majority of the radio stuff goes through, uh, and that is, it depends, somewhere between ten and 12,000 downloads a month, but it, but that's, I, I don't know, I think that's probably, probably most, if not all of it. I, I'm sure there's other places like the other networks that I don't really know about. And there's mm-hmm. some places that are hosted. On. But I'd say the most uh, impact will probably be with the videos and the YouTube site, and that's where probably more, um, I don't know, I guess you would say downloads come from there. And more. the most people that I talk to, the most of the emails that I get are from YouTube or saw some video somewhere or something like that.
0: Wow. So, so you have more people listening to your show than listen to a sermon in most megachurches.
3: That is the scariest thought that I've ever ever
0: heard. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, listening but, from from
2: listening to you, I'd rather people listen to you because at least you're at least I perceive that your heart is in it, whereas a lot of preachers at mega churches, I don't always get that perception.
0: Well, plus you hear a little bit of the Bible and some some gospel and yeah, on uh, Christmas from, show yeah, too, on Christmas that show, helps. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah. would a God
2: there somewhere.
0: I, I don't know if he has any kind of purpose-driven plans or whatever on, on nowhere to run. I've not heard any of those yeah. 40 days to no, whatever. No feel-good stuff. Yeah. yeah. You
3: know, I, I, you just mentioned something. i, I got to tell you, this is probably my my, my burden. I hope it continues continue to be my chief burden, as you mentioned, the gospel. And, and I really think that that's just that's something that God really is behind, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. God, it, you don't even have to really do know it that good or, or say it that well, but just the general basic gospel message is something that his spirit just totally empowers. It's like well beyond our intellect or whatever. And I really, yeah, I'd say, I'd say right now, my, my burden is trying to figure out a way to present the gospel and in, in, in some way that's just, I, I guess, I don't know, just, just package it and just, you know, everybody should package it in their own way. I mean, that's just all evangelism mm-hmm. is. Here's the gospel, you know, and if God convicts them, then He does, you know. But um, I don't know. I I want to try. I think if I, if there's any project that I'm working, you know, that I'm really trying to figure out right now, it's it's how to do that, how to just say, say the gospel. I was just got back from a funeral uh, yesterday, and and uh, the person that that had died was one of the only people that I had personally witnessed to in in mm-hmm. real life. Mm-hmm. I I get emails all the time that say, um, uh, you know, your videos are, you know, it was your videos that, you know, led me to Christ, and then I gave my life to Christ. I get that on emails, but very rarely oh. do I, do I, do I actually, somebody that I've, you know, actually talked to. And he was, he was about the only guy that I can ever say that I did that to. And it was so interesting to me because when I said it to him, I just didn't know what to say. I, I just came out of my mouth and was like, man, what you need is Jesus. And, and you know, and he said, uh, you're right, and he just broke down crying. I was like,
2: well, "That was easy." <laughs> That's weird how that, I mean, It's weird how that always, always, you always get some type of crazy reaction when you say something like that. I but I cut you off. Go ahead. Go ahead.
3: No, that was pretty much it. I just, I, it, I mean, we did, we talked and we went over it, and we later on, you know, later on prayed and and got a lot of the details worked out. But that was the moment, you know. And I guess my point is that, that the the. the that all we got to do is just bring it up. You know, it's so easy. It's, it's all God doing mm-hmm. the re- the work, the heavy lifting yeah. there. And and I was just, anyway, so I was at that funeral and thinking, my gosh, you know, there's so many of these other people that need just to hear the gospel. And, and the, the preacher that was at this uh, funeral, it was like, so I spent a majority of the time praying with all my heart that people could hear the message despite the preacher. You know, it was mm-hmm. the most turn you off kind of thing. I, mean, I was, I had my head down. I guess people thought I was crying or whatever. I was just playing, please God, let them hear this. <laughs>
4: yeah. You know, mm-hmm.
3: just somehow get get this to them some. Because it was the most, uh, you know, crap thing. You know, it was very, very turn turn you off kind of thing. So I don't know. You know, this whole know. story,
0: <laughs> this whole story is sort of a microcosm of what I see that's going on. Mm-hmm. So many people. I thought, if I could just get my neighbor or my relative to hear this great preacher preach, or if I could get them to this crusade, or if I could get them to listen to this tape, or to this or that, or whatever. Uh, and maybe there was a time and a place in, in society when that was the main way things happened. It just doesn't seem like that's cutting it so much anymore. Whereas it takes a good friend of somebody to say, what you need is Jesus. You know, I'm not, a, I'm not a theologian with a lot of degrees. I don't have somebody paying me a lot of money to get behind a pulpit. I, You know, I don't have all these things, but I know Jesus. And in my own struggling, imperfect way, uh, all I know is that that's where the life is. And it seems like that is resonating more with people. And that was just sort of what I see from your story you just said, is that that yeah. is a difference of what is happening over and over and over again in society, one person at a time.
3: And and if there's one thing I could say to anybody that's out there and like me who has a hard time getting just doing it, um, I would say that it's really not as hard as you think because God, I think, has every and everybody that's a, that's a Christian believer. I mean, they they will bear fruit, and I think that God has people in your life that you know are your responsibility, that that you they're yours. It might not be up to you to like go, you know, evangelize to the world, but there are those few people that you can just think about right now. It, you you know who I'm talking about. And those people are your responsibility, in some way, maybe mm-hmm. maybe they're not. But I think that that God puts people on your heart, and I can, and everybody that I know personally knows who that person is, even if it's just one one person. And, and for me, my, this this individual was was that person I always felt uh, burdened for, and I never really mm-hmm. understood why, and now I now kind of do.
0: Mm, that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, what other kind of feedback have you had? You mentioned some people said that they found Christ from your videos. Uh, from your videos and your radio show, what, what are some other range of responses that you've had from people? Uh,
3: well, I think that uh, the a lot of what I get is either either that that they have um, you know, they're, they're thanking me for for that, or they are very mad and and they <laughs> yeah, maybe but. not mad. Some of them are really more, and I encourage this in some of the videos, and I've encouraged them to to just email me a list of their questions or or their grievances or their problems or in some cases they're just really mad and they want to show me you know how stupid that i am and they they regale me with this whole you know jordan maxwellism that they've you know acquired over their tireless research of watching videos which i can't say that's pretty much how i did my research too but um (laughs) but but anyway the, the thing is that i've found that answering those people with uh uh as much compassion as I now actually genuinely feel, I think for a while there I was kind of just faking it until I was making it. But the, (laughs) but but now I I really do. I feel that, you know, they've, and this is true with Satanists and everybody else. They've all, no matter how, what they're doing, no matter how bad of a thing that they are doing, they've all just been deceived. Nobody would willingly, um, would willingly, uh, fight Jesus. If they really knew who he was and, and so everybody's been deceived, no matter what they're doing. So I try to think about it like that, and I find that when you when you send like an audio to somebody and answer their questions as, as best you can, I really like doing that too because it, it keeps me sharp. When they have a new thing that I don't know about, some kind of contradiction or some some odd thing, you know, I get to go look that up, and then I have that, you know, too. So I think apologetics is probably been my personal focus. I think I've done, you know, I, I look looking at the audio files I have on my server the other day. It's like over. Uh, It's like 200 and some odd, you know, just audio files, 30 an hour hour minute long, some shorter, some longer, uh, just just answering people's questions like that. And I find that they always, no matter, and what I love is they're always, especially the angry ones, especially the ones that are trying to prove to me that really spirituality is really just about having to do with spirits, you know, like you can't tell me I'm wrong because I've had these spiritual experiences and these kinds of things, whatever, maybe they're just angry with God those people that are most angry are the ones that are the most responsive when you've actually lovingly tried to answer the questions and didn't judge them for being angry because they, they have never had somebody not give them that fleshly response back, oh. you know?
4: Yeah. And so it
3: takes it all out. It's like Jesus said, you know, it's heaps it's cold, of, uh, you know, be kind. To, I can't remember how he said it's like Romans 12, I think, but, uh, being kind to somebody, even though they're being mean to you, essentially, uh, nice. heaps Fire on their
0: head. And even in the Old Testament, it says a soft answer turns away wrath. Uh, those people who do that are often very, very vulnerable and hurt and defensive, and they're backed up in a corner, and you may be confirming some suspicions they have in their own minds, and that's very painful, uh, but that is an opportunity to minister that you have, and obviously you're doing that. Uh, do you have any kind of sense from the feedback you get what percentage of your listeners are... Christians to some degree, or perceive themselves as that, versus those who are not, but they're just curious.
1: Um, I would
3: say that um, probably uh, of the radio show, I feel like a lot of them are Christians. Um, rarely do I, well, I, yeah, I'd say I'd say a lot of them are. Um, with the YouTube thing, which is probably more of um, response. It used to be a lot more when I had um, when before the last YouTube account got taken down. I was. Really, really uh, doing. I mean, it was. A lot, I felt like it was such an opportunity. I had all the 2012 stuff that I had done was like number one. All the stuff about oh, Michael Tsarian and stuff like that was like number one. So I was getting just onslaught every day with uh, with stuff, and I was. All of them were non-Christians. All of them were people that needed God and were extremely impacted by it and were shaken to the core with it because they had built up in themselves. This is a, generally speaking what they are: people that have. Researched and been researching for a certain amount of time and have been thoroughly deceived and have, for the first time, recognized that they may have been duped. And they are, so they will write and say, you know, you can tell that they they wouldn't be writing if they didn't think that there was something there in the first place, but they just kind of want to lay it on me, you know, they, and so, so I guess, uh.
0: So are you telling uh, me that? You have all of these huge numbers of people who saw you on YouTube that had questions about the gospel, that were coming to you, whereas we have all of these churches with all of this money and all of these places preaching to the same people, saying the same message, and they're not reaching these masses that would be available if they only attempted to go through venues like YouTube or things like that to reach all these people looking for answers elsewhere. Is that what I understand?
3: Yeah, I guess you could call it kind of an outreach.
0: All right, we're back at Quake with Dr. Future. And Tom being succinct bionic. So what did you
2: think about uh, old Chris White?
0: He's all right. He's all right? Yeah. I Satisfactory.
2: Solid C+. Plus.
0: Well, I meant that uh, either way, extra yeah. satisfactory. Extra status. No. C you know, plus, Brother Chris plus. White's the man, yeah. and uh, he's got a huge following, mm-hmm. and we're privileged to have some Chris Whiteoids that have come over and now listen, become Futurians as well. Chris Whiteoid, is that like a He-Man? Those are the nameless moles that crawl out of the earth and listen to Nowhere to Run radio. I don't know if they've been named as such, but they now have been. It's <laughs> a Chris Widoid. Yes. Yeah, gonna have to they're go to just, Home Depot and get those things out of my
2: grass. There's just uh,
0: <laughs> droids that come out in mass, but their oh, eyes just bored out. Don't listen out. to them. We love you guys. You, you know, since they just listen to the internet, they don't actually have <laughs> eye sockets. They, there's no eyes because all they need to do is hear. They have ears. enormous ears.
2: That's kind of like me. And ears you, to though. hear. I mean, you know, I don't get out that much.
0: Yeah, well, that's true. I'm a little, little on the pale side. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, we're out of time, so we need to bring Merv in to tell listeners how they can contact us at FutureQuake.
5: FutureQuake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at Future at futurequake.com. That's d-r-f-u-t-u-r-e at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast.
0: Okay, that's all she all she wrote. Any comments? Come back next week, folks. We'd love to have you. How about have... come back tomorrow come to back listen to tomorrow. the end of
2: it? Well, anytime you want. Yeah.
0: hear the conclusion <laughs> of our interview with Chris White. Until then, we hope your future is very bright. Have a wonderful and blessed day. Ciao. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom Going Quick Bionic. Boy, I like that middle name. Yeah, I'll bet you did. Uh, we don't have much time, as no. you said, or as Jack Bauer would say, because we have our last segment with Brother Chris White uh, of the Nowhere to Run radio program and also the Frank and Chris Show. And we want to give a uh, call out to Frank out there, too, mm-hmm. one of our other brothers and friends. Mm, Frank. Hope, hope you're listening. No, not not the Frank <laughs> Furter, the, the host. Frank. Uh, we are going to conclude our interview with uh, Chris White here, and uh, this was again an impromptu, unscripted interview that we did at the last moment, and we just appreciate uh, Brother Chris for stepping in for it. So, no further ado, here's uh, Brother Chris White of Nowhere to Run Radio, and then we'll be right back to wrap it up here on Futurequake. Let me move on into your 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 Odyssey and radio here. Um, you hooked up with a, a, a gentleman it started a show. Called the Frank and Chris Show, which is a second show that you do. That's a, I think, a call-in type show, uh, or you 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 have uh, rapport back with him just like Tom and I do. Can you tell us a little bit about Frank and how y'all got hooked up, and what's what's the deal with that show versus your your other show you do?
3: Sure, Frank is probably my best friend. Uh, nowadays, we just we uh, we see a lot of things eye to eye about stuff. We um, uh, basically, I think, it started out where he uh had a listener that I listened to both of our shows and that person contacted uh Frank and said that he should uh I, I think they had at the time they had kind of like a social network thing going on. I think it's still still going on. It's called Faith Speak and uh, just wanted to know if I wanted to join there and I said yes and he had kind of like a collection of podcasters there. with me and him and Smart Faith and, and uh and we just uh that's all and but then Frank one time Actually, Rob Revere from the Revere Radio Network had called me up one, one morning and said, Hey, Chris, you, you should do a live show. There's so many people that, you know, basically want to, want a piece of you, basically. And you should do a live show. It would be really entertaining to have all these people call in and, you know, give you, <laughs> give you a piece of their mind. And I was, tell them, I was like, Well, you know, I don't really think that a live thing is quite my cup of tea and <laughs> funny. all these things.
4: Funny.
3: And that later on that day, it, it was Frank that had called up and said that he was thinking about doing a live show and wanted to know if I would do it. And he just, and or I think he actually uh, emailed me that. And I was like, you know, I think you're, I think you're uh, planting the seed or watering the seed or one of them. But uh, yeah, let's let's do it. So we just started doing that, and we we've, uh, you know, it's just been a good time. And we read the news a lot there, so it's really it's really easy to get into like though the doom and gloom of the whole situation because so many terrible crazy things are going on right now in the world but i think it's just a it's trying trying to keep it all in perspective as we, we do that and um just it's been growing as far as the the good thing is that there's a chat room there and people can kind of interact and a lot of people have mm-hmm. grown to be uh, lifelong friends and things like that from the chat room so mm-hmm. that's, that's been a really so, positive thing
0: so do you get a lot of flack from some of these listeners challenging your positions on the live part of the show
3: no i haven't had i think i've i don't think i've yet to have i mean we've had people call in and disagree and things like that but but, but nobody uh nobody has called me from that from that uh area yet and i've i'm really kind of at this point disappointed at first i was like, oh no, they're gonna all call in and wanna you know fight but uh but no, nobody has and i think um it's good i i i mean it i would i would welcome it i really would because um but I, i'm afraid sometimes the only thing is, when when, when I am wrong, uh, it's always hard for me to hear it right off. I always need a good five minutes to really to really recognize. Oh yes, I am wrong. I shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> oh <my laughs> I In the uh, five, five minutes, then I might uh, I might. Oh, I don't know, lash out or something. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Five minutes, yeah. boy.
2: It usually takes me about a week, and usually <laughs> I've 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 said something publicly that I probably shouldn't have.
0: And yeah, you, you guys should so. get a spouse. It can happen much quicker. <laughs> They're there to help you with that. Hey, uh, oh, man, you're funny. The uh, with 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 this whole universe of these shows that are out there, are there any other ones that are really notable that you want to tell our listeners who listen to our show to be sure and check out that have something really novel they ought to look into?
3: Um, yeah, there's there's a few of them out there. I I think that um, I get a lot out of um. Well. I don't know i i really i listen to a lot of different things, but um I would say lately I've been listening to I would, i don't want to say with any authority because honestly lately I've been listening to just almost exclusively uh like bible uh stuff you know commentary and things mm-hmm. like that mm. Mm-hmm. And I I kind of feel a little out of the loop, unfortunately, Uh, so I really don't know. When I do listen to things, it's it's usually like Frank's show, Why the Serpents. He does some really good investigative stuff on there, and it's usually Mm -hmm. uh, really, really uh, important. Like, if he does a show like that, he's going to be doing something about, like, he's done a lot of research on some kind of offhand subject, kind of like the show you did uh, last week with the DMT and things Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. So I, I listen to that, and I listen to whatever shows up on the Revelations Radio Network player. But other than that, I I pretty much keep a, like, um, lately anyway, uh, just praise music and Chuck Mm Missler on my iPod. Yeah.
0: Well, now, just, and this would be a speculation on your behalf, but given what you've observed being rubbing shoulders with all these groups and watching them, what would be your wild guess of the number of listeners to shows that are like this across these different networks or independent shows that, that offer sort of an independent, underground, Christian talk environment of these topics, prophecy and related things. How big an audience do you well, think is well, out there?
3: Hmm. Well, it's it, the thing is, um, it's it doesn't really matter what it is right now because left, um, left unchecked, and I believe it will be checked, um, it will be the biggest. Um, as much as people that are still seeking truth, this is what they're going to find. I think that people... The thing is, people really are seeking truth, and if they, that is actually dangerous for Satan, because if they find it, they're going to run into this. Mm-hmm. Everybody's running into it right now. It's growing huge, huge numbers, only because people can actually tell if they have or haven't found truth. And so if they find Russ Dizzer show, it's, it's shocking to people, because this is like, for me, when I found Russ Dizzer, I felt for the first time that my search had ended. Like, I had found... I still had all these anomalies, like what was astral projection, and what does it mean when blah, 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 you know, I still had these things that didn't quite, all, all the pieces didn't quite fit, you know, I still had questions about, well, what about, you know, I don't know, Edgar Casey. you know, how do these things about, you know, you know, psychic stuff, and I I just didn't at all understand, I still understood like the Nephilim and things like that, but, but when I found Rush Dizdar, it was like, oh, it explains all the rest of the anomalies, the so-called conspiracy anomalies, I know I'm, not answering the question here, I just kind of wanted to say that that's the whole thing is it's growing because people will continue to find truth and that people are, for the first time and since I've been trying to get them to realize it, are now in mass and I was just praying about this today and I, I encourage anybody else that wants to pray for it, to continue to pray for God to uh, to shine a light on this whole dark muddy waters here and just let it, everybody see what's going on. Just show them and let them see where the deceptions are and just let them see. Break the spirit of Antichrist that's being put out there. So at least we that are that are kind of the forerunners of, of seeing this can be the ones to help those that, because this is all going to go now to the mainstream. Um, this is all going to, like I said before, it's going not just through the movies and things like that for those the, the more mm-hmm. fluoridated among us, but it's also the it's also <laughs> going to it's also oh, going to, so it, 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 it we're in it's in dire need of, of a of those that have figured this out to help the, uh, the rest of us. Now I think mm-hmm. that's kind of where we're at.
0: Well, um, you know, our our show Future Quake was intended to be positioned in a way to serve as a bridge. To those people who are not looking online to try to find this stuff, there's a large part of our our population, of of all ages, but particularly younger ones, that are looking online for these answers. There are some who are walking around in ignorance and don't even know that they're ignorant. Um, They will listen to other mainstream Christian uh, talk, and the Lord has opened a door for us where we are and where we're broadcasting on our AM station where we're able in in a main drive time slot to reach people who would never hear this kind of information. Uh, they're good people. They want to honor Christ, but there's a lot of information they've just not been exposed to to be aware of. Um, are there other things we can do, you think, to try to expose people who don't even know what they're missing or aware of to make them aware of some of these issues to be prepared for the days ahead?
3: Well, I think that's the probably a uh, ministry that I always felt like um, was too too much to, to do. It seems that one is the one that I admire is trying to get it to those uh to those people that that truly are christians but um just need to know that things are uh nothing also like they've been told um in a lot of respects anyway um and that that burden is really a harder task in a lot of different ways and, and one of the main reasons is because it's harder to be heard it's not hard to get an opportunity and i think that you have having that opportunity is uh, terrific but also i i for a while that I think that you're just the uh, the group to bring it to them because um it's kind of you you, uh, you are well aware aware of that and that you seem to be um you kind of uh tempering it a lot I know kind of as I'm rambling on. Uh, today, I, I probably hit a lot of things that, you know, probably could have been explained a little more in
2: depth. But, but you know, you've, generally...
0: done a, you've done a wonderful job for no preparation, Brother yeah, Chris. I, I, and they call with about, what, three seconds, uh, I gotta, heads up, before the i got to give
2: started. you kudos, man. I am sort of in awe of, of, of how succinctly and well you've explained all this stuff. I wish I could have your words when I try and tell people about all of these things. It comes out like, you know, like they start looking at me like I just turned purple. Or something. <laughs> and I've just come to accept that yeah. and just kind of shoot my mouth off now freely. Yeah. But you had this succinctness. and uh, Plus, he was, he was
0: sort of giving us somewhat of a compliment, so we need to let him continue. Oh, on. yeah. The
2: self-praise is no praise, yeah, so please so. go on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, you, you feel like Future Quake has sort of a unique position to be able to serve as that, that kind of bridge, or at least one of the shows.
3: I think uh, I think that's a good thing uh, for your audience to to begin to do. I know that uh, you, a lot of your audience is probably been, uh, getting a lot of uh, a lot of information and been edified quite a bit from the show. And if if they would continue to pray for that for future quake to to for God to have open doors
4: mm-hmm. uh,
3: for future quake and things like that, and just really uh, make it a part of uh, you know that's a great way to support. Uh, future quake would just be to make it a part of your prayer time, uh, to pray for other ministries too, but if you mm-hmm. could just include that in one of it, I always find a good place in your prayers to pray that is, is right at the beginning when, you know, God's will uh, be done kind of issues. Those, those kind of issues are great and for His kingdom to come and just those kind of things, you know. Um, That's right. Workers for the hardest.
0: That's right, and also pray for all of our brothers and sisters who are toiling away at great effort uh, volunteering Taking mm-hmm. tremendous amount of their time, they could be doing something lucrative financially, but they're actually uh, trying to prepare this material, study, do the homework for people, so then they can actually be be ministered to, and you know that goes all the way to the top with guys like Dr. Stan Monteith, who sacrificed a lucrative career in medicine mm-hmm. to devote the rest of his life for decades to informing uh, Christians and anyone who will hear about what's really going on in the world and how to prepare. And uh, we stand in the shadow of people like him. Uh, but but also there's just so many people across the web. Some have more listeners, some less. But everybody has equal devotion to serving the Lord and seeing this as an opportunity. Uh, and it's a, it's a heavy weight to bear because you don't want to mislead anyone, be a stumbling block. I know that weighs on you, Brother Chris, as well. Uh, but l- let me ask you one other quick question. You know, a lot of people who are into this, and it's a fascinating group of people to hang out with, incredibly intelligent very well versed knowledgeable of the Bible and also other things that are going on in the world and it's very easy to get so immersed in it or in in the dark side of it, or just get immersed in the fascinating people you meet and the information they cover that you can you can sort of be detached where like your relationships become virtual like the internet tends to do, and even your service for the Lord can sometimes be constricted or restricted merely to what happens through this venue. When there's so many other ways we need to be, uh, you know, sharing and ministering to people face to face, and and uh, I I know you've had some involvement, you know, with local churches, which a lot of people in our uh, circles here online uh, really don't have a connection with a local church and a place of service. Do you have any thoughts about that? About uh, is it is it advantageous or wise to be connected to a local body of people that you rub shoulders with and can serve alongside in addition to what you do online
3: well sure uh you know i get that a lot from a lot of people that basically has the same question which is you know they feel like that the the regular churches would just not know what to do with us anymore um and Probably they right to some degree, but the, but they're that's not the way I've always looked at it is to 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 think that that none of the churches do have it right and is to give the Holy Spirit no credit because yeah, he's definitely yeah, no set up yeah. he set up places where he will set them up. I mean it's just that simple. Um, and but but as you know, we, we, I've been attending um, uh, the church that you guys both attend mm-hmm. uh, lately, and I really really like it. I um and, and I think that you know having knowing that you were there, and I was like, well, okay. And then, uh, and then you know, but Chris, you, came anyway.
0: you came anyway. You came anyway, even though we were there.
3: <laughs> but you know, but it really is important because, like you said, there isn't uh, this kind of venue isn't going to be there forever. That's what I'm excited about. Um, hopefully, Tom, when uh, if we can ever get together, that I think that would be really cool to just hang out and just see absolutely. what's going on. You know,
2: absolutely, what kind of yeah. stuff
3: we could get into or whatever. Uh, I'm just a, just uh, thrilled that you're you're there because I don't really have anybody you know that would be like well my age and that would be in any way. You know,
2: you kind are of stuff, speaking so. my language. All <laughs> yeah, right. Cool. Okay. Well, I really the, have been yeah what's, a lot, so, so God, be
0: cool yeah, what's the odds that God put us in the same little village community here on the outskirts of Nashville? You know, I, I heard about your show and see it everywhere across the internet and all these things. And it wasn't a long, long after that that I found out you were in our little sleepy village outside of, you know, Nashville. <sighs> you got to think those things are, are God incidences. Mm
3: uh, yeah, I think so. And then, you know, like having the, uh, having, um, the assistant pastor, like in bike riding distance from, from my house, you know, it's like, uh, for, I, I don't know. I just, I would be surprised if a lot of you guys were in the same country, let alone the same town. So what I, I, uh, definitely see it as really important yeah. and I'm try, I'm not going to let it be lost on, on me. I'll try to, you know, I, I don't know what he's got in store, but I'm sure it's something.
0: Yeah. But man, but, you're doing that because you find it enriching. To be next to, face to face, shoulder to shoulder with fellow Christians, serving in the kind of things you can only do in your community. Correct?
3: Right. And, you know, there's a lot of things like that. Um, but yeah, that's what it, that's what it's all about. And, and I always feel like having a church like that is, if you look at the the you know the early church and the Book of Acts and things like that. They were they were doing things. They were out there, you know, getting it done. I mean, it wasn't. An, or, I mean, I guess you know mm-hmm. they had right. uh, they had programs where they were feeding, you know, the poor and stuff like that. And we're, we're doing things like that, but it, it, I think we've kind of turned it into like a thing, you know, that uh, it 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 need not be so uh, so put together, I guess you could say, it could just be just totally spirit-led. I mean, we, we have different mm-hmm. kinds of talents, and we're all just different mm-hmm. parts of the body. If we applied that, you know, the way, the way the Lord leads, I mean, who knows what could happen, you know?
0: Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen, brother. Um, <clears throat> where do you see – we're coming out of the last few minutes of the show, and I, I just want to ask yeah. you, where, where do you see succinctly uh, we're coming in, in our history as a, as a country but in our world from a prophetic viewpoint – uh, in the next few years ahead are are there likely things based upon all your study that we need to be keeping an eye out for and that we here on yes. the show need to and all of our listeners need to
3: i think that the, the a real extreme burden that both frank and i have and i don't know if we we're right about this or not but it, and nevertheless i feel burdened to, to talk about it is that um it's very possible that there could be a that i am a full believer that we're going to very soon see a real antichrist and the real return of christ however mm-hmm. I think that also, probably before that, we're going to see a false Antichrist and a false return of Christ. Um, And I think the Christians seem to be so ready. They know the prophetic timeline, seven-year peace agreement, and the Antichrist seven-year peace agreement, and Jesus. Well, what mm-hmm. if, you know, they had somebody that was set up to look and act in, as an Antichrist and rule over the, the, the world and cause a lot of war, and what if that person was uh destroyed by a guy claiming to be Jesus? Mm-hmm. And then I think that, that the reason that I feel burdened to say that is because that's what the Imam Mahdi and that whole thing is really set up to 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 interact with is if they can have their because uh, they believe Jesus is going to come back and chase the Antichrist into the desert and that mm-hmm. he's going to be the spiritual leader and that the Imam Mahdi is going to be the the uh, or the political leader. So anyway, I guess the burden is that. Just don't – it could be that, uh, you know, I think like the emergent Church and things like that, if, they, if they've if they been told that, hey, you know, the Bible's kind of – it's not really all together, you know, it's been written a long time ago, and, and, and you know, things aren't quite what they what they meant to say. If, if people can really believe that, then when, quote-unquote, Jesus comes back and says yeah. that he's Jesus, yet he says, well, it's not – you know, you guys had it pretty much right. You were doing basically the same thing, but it wasn't quite like that, and as evidence of it not being quite like that, They'll have the proof of, here I am, I destroyed the Antichrist, except, you know, they'll throw in some kind of other element, like whether it be supernatural things or aliens or, or whatever that throws mm-hmm. everybody off, says, well, I was just, you know, it was that's what we were basically saying. Then it's very possible that the very elect, you know, might be deceived, but even those that maybe weren't the elect but thought they were elect mm-hmm. would be deceived, and right. they would be uh, – the uh possibly a place you know, churches, quote-unquote, won't be safe for Christians in
0: mm-hmm. the future. You know, this leads to an interesting thought I, I have. you hear a lot of people in mainstream Christianity say, we don't need to be talking about this kind of stuff, about details about the Lord's return and all this dark stuff, about what all these evil people are doing and their plans. Uh, we need to read more self-help books on uh, how to be a better <laughs> you or how, how to face a bright tomorrow or things like this, which are, could be non-Christian books where they sprinkle a few you know, Bible verses in there, and that's where they really direct people how to be mm-hmm. more prosperous, how to get a few more things so mm-hmm. you can have a little bit you know, nicer house and lawn and that kind of thing. Um, but if what you're right is is that we're getting to days of tremendous deception, uh, I would think counter to that view of thinking it would be much better for people to take the effort if, if the mainstream people won't give them this information. Then to find other Christian believers who are grounded spiritually and focused on the word, but are actually addressing these current events that are ongoing, exposing the plans of the workers of darkness, exposing their own writings, what they say in their own writings they plan to do, so then they can be informed and be discerning and be prepared when these deceptions come and at least have information uh, through the work of the Holy Spirit and through prayer uh, to be able to recognize these things. Doesn't that seem to be a much more prudent course for the average Christian out there?
3: Oh, sure. You know, I'll tell you what, if if, we, if you people knew about it and they knew what to pray against, Satan would be a million years behind in his plans. Mm-hmm. If people had, if you had like three Christians praying against some coven that was doing some kind of, you know, work against some kind of church or whatever, you had three mm-hmm. Christians together praying against that coven, that coven would be dispersed in no time. I mean, it, it, but if you don't know that the covenants exist well then you're already miles behind
0: mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that's right and uh if we stay myopic look only internally within the walls of the church or what's going on and, and don't fake uh, focus on on a world i i heard a quote uh uh from a from a famous gentleman in england who became a, a missionary uh and i can't quite remember what it was but he said uh uh rather than placed in a church uh Hearing the the wonderful chapel bells, I'd rather be placed in some dingy old building a block away from hell. And what he was saying is he, mm. he wants to be put on a place that maybe doesn't look so good uh, and is certainly frightening because it's a block down the street from hell. But it's a place where actual success, where ministry is being performed, where people are being rescued and saved mm. rather than in some kind of insulated place far away from where they're able to make a difference in people's lives. and That's not to say that being in a group of body of believers that fellowship and meet together is anything wrong. It's a place to do a lot of service in, in your church and fellowship with each other. But God uses amazing things like shows like what we're talking about to reach people in unique ways. And in the days ahead, I think it may be one of the very most important things. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the end of our time, Brother Chris, and I want to thank you for coming in with no preparation on any of our behalf and having a full show and and having a show that was really uh, overdue overdue to be held. (laughs) Brother Chris, I just want to tell you how highly we regard you in the Lord uh, for what you're doing. And if you could just wrap up by telling us real quickly how our listeners can get a hold of your show and the Revelations Radio Network in in particular.
3: Sure, well you can just go to Revelations plural uh, Revelations Radio Network dot com, and there you can find my show and all the other shows that we were talking about, and that's just the probably the best way best way to find everything. Um, that way you can kind of get it all in one in one 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 thing. So Revelations Radio dot com, and you can download them directly, or it's on iTunes or or things like that.
0: Okay, well it's been wonderful to be with you. And, uh but Chris, we wish the best for your ministry. We wish for your, your growth in the Lord and continuing for him to enlighten you so then you can enlighten us. And uh you're always welcome back on the show here. And please, when you've got some information that things you've uncovered or some of your cohorts in your circle, please make a beeline back here and share with us so then we could pass on the word to our listeners
4: you got it. Thanks, guys, for having me. Well, and it's a pleasure
0: to be part of the Revelations Radio Network. And for all of our new listeners that have come over, they're first-class folks. Mm -hmm. And uh, we hope maybe a few Futurians are going to drop over to your place, too. So uh, thank you so much, Brother Chris, and please come back soon. Okay. Okay. Okay, we're back here at FutureQuake with Dr. Future. And Tom, Bionic. And what's your – I like that, (laughs) yeah. Um, what's your take on uh, the conclusion of our discussion with Brother, you, Brother Chris? You know, uh, one thing that you hit on there, uh, all these churches, these mega churches
2: that do all these different things. Mm-hmm. Here's one dude, probably operating on a budget about the
0: same as like zero or less. Yeah, yeah, and uh, still getting it done, man. And yeah. influencing a large, large, large amount of people. Mm-hmm. And these are motivated people that come searching. They're mm-hmm. not like people sitting in a pew that are nodding off. Mm-hmm. That are there because somebody drug them there. They want to be there. And let me say we've always been supportive of your local church and getting involved. We're not dishing yeah, that. but this guy's got this. Just...
2: This guy made his own ministry and he's getting
0: mm-hmm. people that are totally otherwise wouldn't be reached most likely. And there's unique ways to perform ministry, and that's true for yeah. all of you all. And someone else who can uh, show us some ministry is our friend Murphy, who can come in and tell you how to contact us at Future Quake.
5: Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at DoctorFuture at futurequake.com. That's d-r-f-u-t-u-r-e at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests, or suggestions for future show topics or guests, are most welcome. Doctor Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast.
0: Okay, it's so already the end of the show. Oh, end of the gosh. week. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Thank you, brother Chris. Thank yeah. you for being with us and all of our uh-huh. friends and Independent Christian Radio. Come back tomorrow for tomorrow's tremors. Until then, we hope your future is very bright. Have a good day. Ciao. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. 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 Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future.
2: And I am Tom. Self-praise is no praise, but uh, I'll take it where I can get it bionic.
0: You know, that is a phrase you use over and over and over again.
2: Yeah, I know. You
0: know what it Should is? Do we one? have like a burial bell book and candle ceremony for that? Clunk. Yeah. Close the book. Extinguish the candle. But you know what it is today is Friday, mm-hmm. which means what? What are we in for? Trash day. Uh, well, will. Yeah. It is. Uh, Dr. Future and Mrs. Future will yeah, be gathering it is, the cra- cr- trash in the it future. Is, that's not what I'm referring to as okay. far as my listeners.
2: It is tomorrow's tremors uh-huh. or today's review of the future's news.
1: Whoa.
0: Oh, I've died and gone to heaven. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I even endured the trash day. Oh, oh everything's right with the world. We have nothing left to combat. All right, this go, may oh, be the last home, show maybe. we ever do.
2: Let's go to Fat Mo's get a burger.
0: Mm, well, now we've got some great news for our listeners out there. Okay. All of you futurians who put up with a few minutes of foolishness, at the start of every Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a great interview this week with Chris White, mm-hmm. who's become a close associate of yeah. ours and someone we had wanted to schedule, but came in at the last nanosecond, came on in through the, fly. the back door swinging. And yeah. I'm thinking, and stuff we've got going on around here, that Chris White's going to play a bigger role. hmm He's going to find his way involved in lots of different kind of things. He's an interesting. Cat and so, sure. yeah, be sure to check out his show. Know where to run, and also the Frank and Chris show with our good friend Frank. Uh, Frank has a show called Wise as Serpents. All these are on the Revelations Radio Network. Mm-hmm. If you go online, you can find them. They're also on iTunes, and you'll find Future Quake on there, Peering into the Darkness Radio. Uh, with our with our good friends there as well, so mm-hmm. be sure and check that out. And while we're doing commercials, um, there is a conference that is coming up in uh, early June, first week of June, mm-hmm. uh, called the Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural. Uh, conference up in Mansfield, Ohio, with uh, Dr. Lynn Marzulli and Pastor Russ Dizdar. Really? Two of our favorites. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And they've got another gentleman, Gary Ka, I believe, who's actually speaking as well. So they've got a uh, triumvirate of information that's going to be extremely useful and we actually were sent to us a very polished, much more polished than our show, commercial mm-hmm. uh, about this conference. So you can find out some more details. So no further ado, here's a brief word about the conference that's going to be held in Mansfield. Come to the
2: Politics, Prophecy, and Supernatural Conference this Saturday, June 6th at the Renaissance Theater in
5: Mansfield. Learn how the New World Order, Genesis 6, the Black Awakening, and many more are signs of Christ's return. Guest speakers are Dr. Lynn Mazuli, Gary Ka, and Russ Dizdar. Tickets
0: are $15 each and include a subway lunch. Remember, come to the Politics, Prophecy, and Supernatural Conference Saturday, June 6th from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. at the Renaissance Theater in Mansfield. Tickets online at mansfieldtickets.com and at the Bookery. Okay. That wow. was that. I kind of want to go to that. I know. Yeah, man. It would be neat. I have to be in Chicago on some business like the day after that. Oh, boy. So it's sort of a frustration. Well, it's how going far to be a traveling city far this is summer. How
2: Mansfield, day. Ohio, from here?
0: From here? Yeah. Oh, I'm guessing uh, you could probably get there in about... Five and a half to six hours. Really? By car.
2: Yeah. Might, I might do a one-day caravan. Uh,
0: it'd be a neat place. Yeah. Throw some people in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got some gangs and some Futurians around I here that love to go. I could
2: think of maybe six or seven people I could get to well, go. Well,
0: get them to go. Yeah. And that, that goes for the rest of you all here. Nashville, mm. anywhere in our listening audience, head over to Mansfield, just north of Dayton, Ohio. Uh, it'd be a great place. Uh, they would appreciate the support mm-hmm. there as well, too. Uh, also, if you think you can get yourself out to Roswell, New Mexico... Uh, Fourth of July weekend, yours truly will be speaking there along with Pastor Dizdar and Dr. Lynn and uh, Mike Heiser and a a bunch of other people. Uh, Joe Jordan, sort of like all stars of Future Quake. Uh, We've got a couple guys uh, going out with me out that way and would certainly love to see all of you all out there. I suggest if you can. Uh, hop on a train as a hobo, whatever it takes uh, to get hop there. Hop on a train as a hobo. Yeah, it'd be worth going there if, like, a chicken truck hop in the back box car just Willie. ride. Yeah, just Roswell or bus. Whatever it takes to get there, uh, I would recommend getting there. If mm-hmm. yeah, so that's enough for commercials. I've got some stories. Um, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first?
2: Uh, do you want rock paper scissors? No. No. Go ahead.
0: Okay. Uh, this is one from, I don't read much from Mother Jones Magazine. but
2: Mother Jones Magazine. This is an
0: interesting one. I've not fully debriefed it, but it was so intriguing it was hot off the press. What here. is Mother Jones Magazine? Mother Jones is sort of a more leftist type oh, okay type. Yeah. Okay, this is called Uncle Sam's Human Lab Rats. They say government scientists mess with their minds. Now veterans of secret psychedelic tests want answers. I thought this was sort of another extension of that whole DMT yeah, discussion. Yeah. Which, by the way, the emails are still pouring in. Uh, People have given some really fascinating comments. Uh, We had some recent comments that just came in. And by the way, I forgot to print off some of the emails we just got. I intended Mm -hmm. to read. I'll do them next week. But someone just said that there is a, you know, we we talk about the pineal gland being shaped like a pine cone. And Hmm. they said that there is a statue of a pine cone like that in the Vatican. And Hmm. no one there could explain why it's there. But they also said that it's a very, very important symbol to the Masons.
2: Pine cone?
0: Or something that looks like that. Maybe it could be a pineal gland. (laughs) you got a statue of a pineal
2: gland in the Vatican? Well,
0: stranger things have happened. I've been in the Vatican. I don't know how many
2: more stranger things you can get. Well,
0: there's lots of strange stuff in there. Now, don't take take this wrong, Catholic listeners, but I'll just have to tell you, when I walked in there, it reminded me what I've seen in the Western movies is a bordello. All this, like, red crushed velvet, gaudy gold everywhere, priceless paintings laid on top of each other. You know, they have so much st- priceless artwork that they lay it on top mm-hmm. where it covers the other stuff because they don't have anywhere to put it. Hmm. I mean, they need to get one of those, like, those big boxes that they send to your front driveway to haul mm-hmm. stuff off because they got so much stuff there. Well, if they wanted to send so, some
2: priceless p- paintings over to the uh, the Bionicon mm-hmm. house yeah.
0: there. Well, the the – I mean – a big pine cone statue wouldn't surprise me in the least, yeah. but anyway. Uh, it says, their stories are a staple of conspiracy culture. Broken men suffering hallucinations and near-total amnesia who say they are victims of secret government mind-control experiments. Think Leave Schreiber in The Manchurian Candidate or Mel Gibson in Conspiracy Theory. Journalists are a favorite target for the paranoid delusions of this population. So is Gordon Erspammer. Uh, and the San Francisco lawyer's latest case isn't helping him to fend off the Tenfold hat crowd. He has filed suit against the CIA and the U.S. Army on behalf of Vietnam Veterans of America and six former American soldiers who claim they are the real thing survivors of classified government tests conducted at the Army's Edgewood Arsenal in Maryland between 1950 and 1975. Wow. I get a lot of calls, he says. There are a lot of crazy people out there who think that somebody from Mars is controlling their behavior via radio waves. But when it comes to Edgewood, I'm finding that more and more of these stories are true. Wow. That government scientist conducted human experiments at Edgewood is not in question. Hmm. The program involved testing of nerve agents, nerve agent antidotes, psychochemicals and irritants, according to a 1994 uh, General Accounting Office report. At least 7,800 U.S. servicemen served as laboratory rats or guinea pigs at Edgewood, alleges spammer's complaint, filed in January in federal district
2: court. Well, you remember uh, our guest Stan Dale relating that story about uh, everybody was supposed to look at this dot on the screen and then somebody started to read a book and... Uh, you know, then they had to say, "Well, let me know when you got it." And he started to read the first few sentences, and then they, then he was, then all of a sudden somebody stood up and goes, "I got it! I got it! I got it!" And what they had done is somehow uh, shown the book, you know, 200, 200 pages of the book in one second, and uh, caused somehow caused them to remember it all. And all
0: those guys ended up committing committing suicide. No, I don't remember that. Maybe that, <laughs> maybe that was taken from my memory. Maybe that was taken from my memory, or maybe that was falsely implanted in yours.
2: It's all that Diet Coke you've been
0: drinking. You know, it could be mm-hmm. that all Ascertain? of us, including me and the listeners, are just a plant that is just a setup for you, that none of this is real. Yeah. This all could be like a just a stakeout thing how involving much, you. How
2: much Diet Soda? Have you drank today?
0: <laughs> Can I continue with the story? Yeah, yeah please. I think please. it sounds interesting. Yeah, it is. Okay. The Department of Veterans Affairs has reported that military scientists tested hundreds of chemical and biological substances on them, including VX, Taboon, soman, sarin, cyanide, LSD, PCP, and World War One area blister agents like phosgene and mustard. The full scope Gosh. of the test, however, I know, wonderful. Huh? Yeah. The full scope of the test, however, may never be known. As a CIA official explained to the GAO, referring to the agency's infamous MKUltra mind control experiments, the names of those involved in the test were not available because names were not recorded or the records were subsequently destroyed. Hmm. Besides, said the official, some of the tests involving LSD and other psychochemical drugs were administered to an undetermined number of people without their knowledge. <laughs> okay? That's our wonderful that, federal government that's, we're supposed to and, obey. And
2: that's the GAO. Yeah. That's and official. This yeah. is not... This is not a rumor. This is
0: the CIA official that testified, Mm to GAO. Earthspammer's plaintiffs claim that although they volunteered for the Edgewood program, they were never adequately informed of the potential risk and continue to suffer debilitating health effects as a result of the experiments. They hope to force the CIA and Army to admit wrongdoing, inform them of the specific substances they were exposed to, and provide access to subsidized health care to treat their Edgewood-related ailments. Despite what they describe as decades of suffering resulting from their Edgewood experiences, the former soldiers are not seeking monetary damages. A 1950 Supreme Court decision, the Ferries case, precludes military personnel from suing the federal government for personal injuries sustained in the line of duty. I guess no matter how illegal it is. Uh, the CIA's decision to use uh, military personnel as test subjects followed the court's decision and, and is an issue Erspammer plans to raise at trial. Hmm. Suddenly they stopped using civilian subjects and said, "Oh wait, we can get these military guys for free." He says.
2: Well, you know, and what's interesting is a side note. Now what they're doing is they're saying that people who've been injured, uh-huh. uh, veterans who've been injured, now have to pay for their own health care. Yeah, that's an actual like, yeah. law they're debating right now in the in Congress. Awesome. Keep
0: them at home. Yeah. Uh. Okay. So then it says. Uh, The government could do whatever it wanted to them without liability. We want to bring that to the attention of the public because I don't think most people understand that. Uh, Asked about his suit, CIA spokesman Marie Harf would only say that the agency's human testing program has been thoroughly investigated and the CIA fully cooperated with each of the investigations. Erspammer's involvement in the case is deeply personal. His father was a government scientist during Operation Crossroads, a series of nuclear tests, conducted at Bikini Atoll yeah. in the Pacific oh, yeah. in the summer of forty six. He was present aboard a research vessel for the Baker test during which a twenty one kiloton thermonuclear bomb was detonated ninety feet below water. The blast resulted in massive radioactive contamination. Mm-hmm. Erspammer's father and the rest of the ship's crew, he said, all died in middle age from radiogenic diseases. Yeah, er- they
2: took all those people, you know that there's that famous famous video reel of all those guys standing out there yeah. and they all get yeah, yeah, blinded yeah. by the light. Right, right. Yeah.
0: Well, it says that uh, Erspammer makes his living in the field of energy litigation, but has twice before argued class action suits for veterans, one for soldiers who, like his father, were exposed to radiation during nuclear tests, a case he lost in the 1992 app- uh, appellate decision, and more recently one on behalf of Iraq and Afghanistan veterans denied treatment for post-traumatic stress disorder. The case is on appeal in California Ninth circuit. Nobody out there is doing these type of cases, he says. It's really sad because the veterans are left holding the bag, and it's Mm. not a very pretty bag. One of those vets is Frank Rochelle. Unlike those of other test veterans, portions of his heavily redacted medical records have survived, Mm. providing a rare if incomplete account of his experiences. In 1968, while posted at uh, Virginia's Fort Lee as a 20-year-old Army draftee, he saw a notice calling for volunteers for the Edgewood program. Among the promised incentives were relief from guard duty, the freedom to wear civilian clothes, three-day weekends, and upon completion, a Medal of Commendation, all for participation in experiments that, according to the notice, would help the military test a new generation of equipment, clothing, gas masks. So they, they seduced them into it. Yeah, uh, they, upon, they lied to them, basically. Well, yeah, just, just held little trinkets in front of them. Upon his arrival at the testing facility in Maryland, he says he was asked to sign a series of documents, including a release form of secrecy agreement. The test would be risk-free. He says he was told him that drugs given would not exceed normal dosage. Over the next two months, however, he was subjected to three rounds of experiments that Rochelle says left him permanently damaged. His medical records indicate that he was exposed to non-lethal incapacitating agents like DHMP and glycolate, both which act as sedatives that produce hallucinations. In the latter case, Rochelle says he was taken to a gas chamber, strapped to a chair by two men in white lab coats who affixed a mask to his face and told him to breathe normally. He quickly lost consciousness. According to Erspammer's complaint, over the next two to three days, Frank was hallucinating and high. He thought he was three feet tall, saw animals on the walls, thought he was being pursued by a six-foot-tall white rabbit, heard people calling his name, thought that all of his freckles were bugs under his skin and used a razor to try to cut these bugs out. Oh, poor, poor the, guy. No one from the clinical staff intervened on his behalf. Medical records indicate that Rochelle went to the third round of testing, but he has no memory of it. For years, he's been having nightmares about the Edgewood test and now suffers from anxiety, memory loss, sleep apnea, tinnitus, and loss of vision, all of which he claims are direct results. Still, he didn't inform his doctor of the test until 2006, believing he was still bound by an oath of secrecy he swore in 1968. The government finally released human test subjects to speak to their physicians about tests in June 2006, under the condition that they not discuss anything that relates to operational information that might reveal chemical or biological warfare vulnerabilities. Rochelle's story is similar to those of Erspammer's other plaintiffs, all of whom claim to be suffering debilitating health effects from the experiments. Medical records were destroyed upon completion of the program. Rochelle's records remain intact, but for others, we have less information. We spent a great deal of time on that topic, and we're confident that the plaintiffs uh, who said they uh, are uh, or where they were and got what they got in terms of exposure to experimental chemicals. Who bears the burden on that issue when the defendants destroy the evidence? They put all the stuff through the shredder. Compensation for injuries sustained during human testing of chemical and biological agents is not unprecedented. Last year, more than 350 servicemen who served as test subjects at Porton Down, a secret medical research facility where the British government conducted its own series of mind control experiments, were granted $6 million in compensation in an out-of-court settlement with the U.K.'s Ministry of Defense. That was for mind control experiments. Wow. Likewise, 2004, the Canadian government... Uh, began offering $18,000 payments to eligible veterans of experiments at its testing facilities. Nevertheless, as, uh, says our Pammer, no American soldiers have ever been compensated. The CIA and the Army just hope that they're all going to die off, and they will unless somebody does something. Wow. Sorry, that's a long story.
2: No, but it's a very interesting one.
0: That, who knows what else is going on. We have secret prisons, stuff we don't know. Mm-hmm. We have stuff like Abu Ghraib mm-hmm. that we a- accidentally found out about that yep. we wouldn't have known about. Yep. Who knows what goes in Guantanamo Bay? They let us know what they want to have us let us sure, know. Sure,
2: sure. It's just kind of, you know, it's uh, everything's a big joke.
0: Well, I thought that story would pick us up. Do you have something else oh, inspirational? Oh, Yeah,
2: here's another. Speaking of other stuff that we don't know about, um, the supposed terror plot against New York synagogues is bogus. This comes from uh, Robert Dreyfus of Alternate. Uh, by now, it's maddeningly familiar. A scary terrorist plot is announced. Then it's revealed that the suspects are, hapless, are a hapless bunch of ne'er-do-wells or run-of-the-mill thugs without the slightest connection to any terrorist at all. Never mind Al-Qaeda. Uh, finally, the last piece of the puzzle. The entire plot is revealed to have been cooked up by a scummy government agent provocateur. Now, uh, I know that you had a conversation with somebody about
0: this. Like, you just said... Oh, I was talking with a clergyman this week. Yeah. When, I, when they first announced it on the news, I was out of town with mm-hmm. them. And they announced it I said, You watch what happens. Everybody was saying, Oh, oh, we had terrorist plot, it's gonna do all these things. I said, Look, they are doing this to try to counter all this debate about Guantanamo Bay closing it. That's Did you what see it's that? for. And I said, Look, watch what happened. And they will announce pretty soon that um uh that there was an FBI agent or somebody that was behind it mm-hmm. that, that had gotten the people together.
2: And it was and, like four and, guys and, with low and it, IQs. And, 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 and the next thing yeah. I
0: said, and I said this at the time, I said, you'll find out these people are extremely low IQ that have been baited into it. Mm-hmm. And, admit that. and it wasn't, but later that afternoon, they said, yeah, an FBI agent was the one ringleader able to get all these guys together on the news. And then late at night that night, they had a thing crawl on the screen and said, oh, the, uh, these people, they've identified none of them are involved with Al-Qaeda or any other terrorist group. Mm-hmm. And then the next day they announced... That these guys were all extremely minimal IQ. They had made promises to them for things. They were in a very poor, extreme poverty area, out of jail. No job, desperate. Mm -hmm. And they took these desperate guys and they served the purpose they had for them. As stooges, so then they could justify what they wanted to do. Ding, ding, ding. Over and over again.
2: Ding, ding, ding. Uh, The article continues. I've seen this movie before. In this case, the alleged perps, Anta Williams, James Cromide... David Williams and Luger Payan were losers, ex-cons, and drug addicts. But al-Qaeda, they're not. Without the assistance of the agent who entrapped them, they never would have dreamed of committing political violence, nor would they have had the slightest idea about where to acquire plastic explosives or a stinger missile. That didn't stop prosecutors from acting as if they had captured Osama bin Laden himself. Noted the Los Angeles Times, Prosecutors called it the latest in a string of homegrown terrorism plots hatched after, 9, after September 11th. It's hard to envision a more chilling plot, Assistant U.S. Attorney Eric Snyder said in court Thursday. He described all four suspects as eager to bring death to the Jews. Now, I just can't help but think. Did you. Did you. There was that plot, those seven guys in Miami who. It's seven dudes, and they've got a warehouse and they've got some guns. And they were saying that their their goal was they were gonna start a full scale ground war against the United yeah.
0: States. Thank goodness our guys caught them. I know. It's like now maybe you know, it's it, worth giving up our freedoms. I know. All of our freedoms to go wherever we want when they catch that kind of stuff that looks like it's such a valid yeah and severe threat.
2: Yeah, some guys with uh uh you know, intellectual prowess of like Swiss cheese and they mm-hmm. you know, gosh, they're gonna so they're so they're so just they're so amazing. They're going to actually start a full-scale ground war. Just the seven yeah. of them.
0: I'm not. I'm not only am I glad that they caught them, but that they are, are willing to advertise it at times whenever the public's interest fades in the war. Yeah. yeah. Or are doing these kind yeah. of things mm-hmm. that that uh, they're able to be able to show us some successes and mm-hmm. how incredibly dangerous mm-hmm. things are. Yeah. Well, the article continues. Actually, it's hard to
2: imagine a stupider, less competent, and less important plot. The four losers were ensnared by a creepy FBI agent who hung around the mosque in upstate New York until he found what he was looking for. Here's the New York Times account. Salhuddin Mustafa Muhammad, the imam at the mosque where the authorities say that the confidential informant first encountered the men, said none of the men were active in the mosque, uh, which may be the case, may not, mm-hmm. who knows. Uh, Mr. Cromite was there last June and he met a stranger. He had no way of knowing that the stranger's path to the mosque began in 2002 when he was arrested on federal charges of identity theft. He was sentenced to to five years probation and became a confidential informant for the FBI. He began showing up at the mosque in Newburgh around 2007. Uh, The stranger's behavior aroused the imam's suspicion immediately. He invited other worshipers to meals and spoke of violence and jihad, so the imam said... Said he, he, steered clear of him. There was just something totally fishy going on with him. Mr. Muhammad said members believed he was a government agent. <laughs> Mr. Muhammad said said members of his congregation told him the man told told him the man he believed was the informant offered at least one of them a substantial amount of money to join his team. Quote unquote. So a creepy thug buttonholed people at uh, buttonholes people at a mosque, foaming at the mouth about violence and jihad. This is law enforcement? Just imagine if someone did this at a local church. Well, don't worry. I'm Mm -hmm. sure that time is going to come here pretty quick. Uh, Or some synagogue. And the imam says the people believed that he was a
0: government agent. (laughs) It's like, you know. Didn't fool them, but you know who it does fool? Mm -hmm. Bunch of Christians. Sure. Bunch of Christians out there. I mean... I hope we don't get in trouble for saying this. But I don't care. But if you listen to a lot of Christian media or other kind of things, they're going to say, oh, boy, sure glad we got these guys. That shows you why we really need to be torching some mm-hmm. people. Yeah. It and gets... they buy it. And you know what? Those guys in the FBI know yep. that Christians buy it.
2: Yep. So uh, essentially what happened is this government informer preyed on these poor guys who were sort of on the low end of the IQ mm-hmm. stick, uh, None of who, none of whom were apparently actual Muslims which is an interesting point. Uh, this confidential informant orchestrated the acquisition of a disabled Stinger missile uh, with the help of the FBI to shoot down military planes and cooked up uh, some crazy scheme about attacking a Jewish center in the Bronx. But it gets more pathetic. The only one of the four suspects who appeared to have uh, to have aroused any suspicion was Payan, a Haitian native who attended the Newburgh Mosque. Assistant Imam Hamid Rashad, uh, said his dishevelment and odd behavior disturbed some members. When Payne appeared in court, defense attorney Marilyn Reeder described him as intellectually challenged and on medication for schizophrenia. The Associated Press said when he asked if he understood the proceedings, Pan blankly stared ahead and then mumbled, sort of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't read it anymore. Mm-hmm. I, it's, yeah. just, it's, it's too
0: ridiculous. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people out there don't even realize... That the FBI ran Elohim City, the place where Timothy McVeigh and, and Nichols were there yeah. plotting stuff. FBI mm-hmm. ran it. Mm-hmm. And you find their handprints over and over again if you take the blinders off your eyes. Sure. And yeah. I don't mean to be harsh on Christians. I'm not talking about any particular person out there. But if the shoe fits, wear it. Um, wake up. Yeah. Uh, our founding fathers, Christians the revolutionary time, knew that our own government was the one that we need to be most mindful of right. of any other kind of manufactured enemies. Thomas Jefferson said, watch out when your government starts manufacturing enemies for you.
2: Well, you know, like
0: what Robert Hyde said, it's
2: we've been drinking at the Kool-Aid too long. It's time to put the Kool-Aid down and have a big old cup of coffee.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. Well, speaking of uh, Kool-Aid, we need to bring Merv in <laughs> awesome. to refresh us with uh, some means on how you can contact us at Quick.
5: Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast.
0: Okay, we're running over. Okay, sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been wonderful to be with you here. we hope you had a great show here. Next week is going to be a very, very important show mm-hmm. on this this vein. Yeah. And we need you to catch it. But we appreciate everybody's support. All of y'all who need to hear back on email from me, please uh, just bear with me. I'll be trying to catch up on emails back here in town. But any last words?
2: Everything's going crazy. Okay.
0: <laughs> Come back here. Uh, you've always got a spot here. Hopefully a little bit of sanity here every week. But until then, we hope your future is very bright. Have a good day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. There are new trees crowding
1: out old realities. There's revolution sweeping like a fresh new breeze.